Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare from 1991. Tagline, you think you know about dreams, you know nothing, Jon Snow. Oh, my I God. I last part. Damn. Uh, they saved the best for last. Did they? Take him home in a box. <laughs> born, born November 2nd, 1984, dies September 13th, 1991. So he was a kid. Uh, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, come on, folks. These are not good. These these are they're all terrible. I mean, yeah, they're, they're really bad. Um, directed by Rachel Talele. If that's how you say it, or Talali. I don't know how. It, uh, or by again, Wes Craventers. Rachel wrote the story, and then Michael DeLuca helped with the screenplay. Uh, music's by Brian May, made for a budget of $5 million, which is the lowest in the series, uh, but it made 34.9. Wow. So it made respectable bank, but, I, it did but better. I can tell you the reason it did. <clears throat> I can tell you why it did better than five. Uh, I think word of mouth killed five uh, because of the, you know, like people didn't necessarily, the, the, the kid angle and all that. But when they said, when they marketed this, I remember specifically, they said, this is it, folks, that we're killing him off. This is the last time you'll see, you know, Freddy Krueger. Even though it wasn't true, that's what they're promoting. So that box office number is people saying, well, if it's going to be the last one, we might as well watch it. Yeah. You know. Bitch, you thought. Uh, principal players, we have Lisa Zane playing Maggie Burroughs, from, uh, who's the final girl in Freddy's Kid. And uh, I believe she's Billy Zane's sister. Uh, so there you go, folks. I mean, a little bit of uh, Hollywood, uh, uh, you know, royalty going on there. Um, uh, she was in, uh, uh, she played in Terrified, uh, The Nurse, Monkey Bone with, uh, <laughs> did you ever watch Monkey Bone with uh, Brendan Fraser? I don't, I don't know if I did. I probably did. Oh God, that movie is so terrible, but like it was the height of Brendan Fraser's like pop popularity. Like he just came off of like, he was doing stuff like George of the jungle and, uh, he, you know, like he, the, the mummy movies were real big. And this was like, this going to be another, like who framed Roger rabbit type movie where he interacts with like an animated character named monkey bone. Who's like this perverse monkey that like, you know, simulates like jacking off with a banana or something. And it's as bad as it sounds like, folks. It really is. Like, it's a it's a terrible movie. But anyway, she's in it, so there's that. Um, and she was in an episode of Southland, so uh, kudos to her, I guess. Uh, Robert's back uh, for the final time. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah. As, as uh, Freddy Krueger. He's in talks, actually, to make a new movie, so hopefully we get that movie. Um, I don't – I guess he's willing to do one more, you know, before he pieces out completely. Yeah. Uh, Leslie Deanne plays Tracy, the girl with the sexual abuse history in the movie. Oh. Um, <clears throat> she played in Girlfriend from Hell and Plump Fiction. And uh, she's the one I was talking about earlier that's aged poorly. Like, I mean, no offense to her, but like they, and I, I don't know why she, why she did this. Like, I don't know what she just got through doing or, or what her normal look is, but on the Never Sleep Again, she looks like, just came off of a horror movie set, like an independent one. She had like this blood, like seeping out of some kind of like, you know, real bad looking fake wound on top of her head, had like this black, like makeup on around her eyes. Looked like she, you know, was in a like goth revival of something. 
she had a female there like laying across her lap that was in similar makeup that was i mean and like and she was petting on the woman so i assume that's her, her girlfriend or spouse or significant other whatever you want to say and like you know she's gained a lot of weight in the ensuing years but that happens i mean you know it is what it is but like and she just had this it looked almost like insane clown posse makeup on oh my it's like why did you think this was a good way to do your interview? Like, was that, couldn't you have rescheduled and just had them come back whenever you had time to remove the makeup? Like, it was so weird. Like, yeah. everybody else was like, you know, just normal documentary style. And here she is. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, when she popped up, I'm like, what is this? Um, but uh, this was in, I don't, I don't know if this is the notes, uh, but I'll say it here. She actually realized during the film of this movie that she had her own sexual abuse. It's one of those situations where you know you, you hear about people like blacking it out, like mentally erasing it, and then years later under like therapy or hypnosis, they like like the memories come flooding back. Oh shit! Um, she said that scene where the guy who had the you know that played her father was coming at her and was like you know like a uh, little sugar for daddy or whatever he says in the movie. She said she started experiencing those flashbacks right while they were filming that. And then she, it got worse and worse. And then it all came back to her and she realized she had been sexually abused. And it was this movie that brought it out of her. I'm not saying that that's not possible because I, I hear about this stuff all the time. You, you throw things out of your head because that's how you deal, you know, deal with the trauma. But do you think that that is possible or do you think that she's a good actress and... <sighs> It, it happens, so I'll give her the, at least the, the the benefit of the doubt that things like that do happen, like situations trigger it, and they and the brain does. Like I mean, it's like it's almost like the body does in a physical. Way. Like if there's like say you get a thorn, and like the body recognizes it's a foreign substance, but it can't move it out of underneath the skin on its own. There's no way it can physically move it, and so it knows that it's got bacteria all over it. So the body like basically forms this capsule around it. And forms all the and, and then you get the pus build up and all that because it's the body walling it off so that it doesn't actually invade the rest of the body. Um, the brain does that with like trauma. Like if it's a trauma that it can't process, it just boop, it just disappears somewhere into the mind. It locks it away. It's like we'll deal with this when we can deal with it, you know. And but right now it's gone. Yeah. So it is a thing, but I I don't know. It's like when you hear these stories, you're like. Are you being legit with this? I, I I don't know. I can't I can't discredit her. I mean, if if it is, I mean, because stuff like that happens. But it's it you're you're right. It's like when you hear that, you're you automatically are like, are you serious about this right now, or are you just trying to make that a thing? You know? Yeah. Huh. Um. But anyways, it's kind of crazy if that if I mean if if given her the benefit of the doubt and it did happen that way, that's a hell of a way to find it out. Is why you're uh, filming a movie. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, uh, Roseanne Barr plays the childless woman. Who's the, uh, one of our two doom prophets in this movie. Uh, Tom Arnold plays the other, or the childless man. Who's also the doom prophet in this movie. Uh, and spoiler alert folks, they are outside of crazy Ralph. They're probably my favorite doom prophets because <laughs> they, I mean, they, they ham it up. Like you, you want a doom prophet. They, they're doom prophets. Um, Johnny Depp plays a guy on TV as a drug PSA actor. <laughs> I'll give them credit. They got Johnny Depp back. I mean, kudos yeah. to them. Like, I mean, he was he was he was getting famous this time. Yeah, good for that. <clears throat> uh, Ricky Dean Logan plays Carlos, a troubled youth with hearing problems. Uh, he was in Back to the Future Part Two. He's one of uh, Biff Tannen. 
Cannons like you know lackeys or whatever, which is kind of funny because we just covered uh, April Fool's Day that had you know uh, Tom Wilson in it who played Biff. So here we go, like a little bit of connection between these. Yeah, uh, he was in Red Rooms and then Psychotherapy, which is a short, and then he was also an episode of Southland. I don't know why they decided for that TV show that they would get actors from uh, Freddy's Dead, but hey, it worked for him, I guess. Uh, and Meyer plays Spencer, the pothead gamer with daddy issues. Um, of course, he's done a million voices for Robot Chicken because him and Seth uh, Green are like best friends. So, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he done an episode Chicken. of Creep Show. Uh, he did the cra- He was in the Craft Road Trip. That's the one that he's most famous for. And then also Clueless. Um, Sean Greenblatt plays John Doe, who thinks he's Freddie's kid, and it's hinted that he's actually Jacob Johnson all grown up. So there's the connection to five. Um, and then he was in Chopper Chicks and Zombie Town, oh, uh, which sounds fuck. like a movie we need to cover during zombie season. It honestly, sure but. as fuck does not, Reverend. <laughs> uh, Alice Cooper, uh, all praise, uh, plays Mr. Underwood, Freddie's abusive adoptive father. Uh, Lindsay Fields plays Loretta Kruger, Freddie's wife. And then Little Robert, uh, the hamster, is a poor little guy mm. that gets taken out by a young Freddie. Little Robert. Uh, so... <laughs> Uh, rut row folks there is a hamster death in this movie he was alive uh, when he killed it, that hamster though freddy actual freddy krueger like dead freddy would not kill an animal but alive freddy was probably experimenting with the death yeah he was he was doing the serial killer uh you know progression they always do start out with animals particularly rodents and then they move their way well bugs then rodents and then they move their way up you know poor little robert he was gonna be a uh, hamster raptor rapper when he got older <laughs> he was going to be a hamster. Shut up. Uh, synopsis. The town of Springwood, Ohio, has been completely devastated by Freddy Krueger 10 years into the future. Bum, bum, bum. Ten, ten, 10 years of uh, from, I guess, 91. I don't know. It's not really established. Anyways, only one teenager remains in the entire town. Also, somehow, Freddy now has a backstory featuring a child and a wife. Using an amnesiatic John Doe, uh, Jacob Johnson, question mark, with the power to enter other people's dreams, Freddy lures his long-lost daughter back to Springwood. Will Freddy be able to cross over the town border and continue collecting the souls of children? Hearing aids turn deadly. Video games will not only rot your brain, but send you to an unending hellscape of lost souls. And 3D dream demons will fly around you in front of your face. Uh, evil has finally met its match. That's the other tagline from the movie. That's probably the best one. So yeah. That's why I saved it for this. Considering <laughs> considering what we've been getting, I'm going to agree with you. <laughs> uh, body count. Uh, it's it's six counted, uh, but um, three or only three are attributed to actual Freddy as we know him. So it's another three count movie, but there's six deaths in the movie. So. We'll give it that. There's seven non-counted, though, and that little hamster friend, little Robert, is our seventh non-counted. <laughs> little uh, Robert. off screen. Oh, my God. Uh, Carlos, uh, given super hearing, and then his head explodes. That's fucked up. Spencer is dropped into a pit <laughs> in a Mario-style fashion. Yes. Uh, John John Doe is dropped into a bed of spikes in a very Bugs Bunny yes. animation style format. Well, because, I mean, you've got him <laughs> up in the air. Like, paint the picture just briefly. You've got him. He's using this parachute. You've got Freddy that I thought, because 
I've seen this before, but apparently I don't remember the scene. But Freddie was up in the parachute, and I was like, oh, he's going to slash the parachute, and the kid's going to go flying down. But no, Frederick, on a rope that you can see him attached to. I don't know if you caught that in the scene where you could see the rope that he uh, that's holding on to him. I, I wasn't looking close enough. I was like, I mean, I was just watching, you know, Robert England just like, you know, ham it up is all yes. I was worried about. It, which so. is exactly what was going on. He glides down to him and then he starts slicing away at the ropes that are attaching the parachute. Uh, and then when the kid starts falling, Frederick somehow is already on the ground and scoots, rolls a fucking bed of spikes to right where the kid's landing. It was beautiful. It looked good, but. He pushes back against it and it kind of slumps down like he's tired or yeah. whatever and looks at the camera just like Bugs Bunny. And it, it's, you knew what they were going for. With <laughs> yes. It. Uh, which again, this is, this is camp Freddy. This is like the ultimate, like, you know, there's no, I mean, this is a Freddy that as a kid, I enjoyed the most because I could watch this and I'm scared of him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Cause he's so goofy in this fucking movie. Um, and that's the reason I, as a kid, this was probably my most watched one is just because I wasn't scared of him in this movie. Uh, Mr. Underwood, we've already covered. Let's see. Uh, no, well, actually, we, yeah, we haven't. Mr. Underwood is killed with a straight razor off screen by a living Freddy. Uh, Loretta Kruger is strangled to death by a living Freddy. In front of her daughter. And then in front of her daughter. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then who blanked it all out? We talk about trauma. That's It's kind of funny. I mean, in a sick way, like this movie has a character who witnessed trauma of a different type, blanked it out, and then remembered it years later uh, whenever things were brought up that triggered her memory, and then the same thing that happened to the actress, supposedly. So uh, kind of weird that way. Uh, and then we have Freddy, Freddy Krueger himself uh, killed in the most realistic yet disappointing way uh, that he's ever been killed, just blown up with a pipe bomb. <laughs> I mean, who knew? Okay, you know, uh, by his daughter. So there's that, you know, ungrateful kids. What, what are you going to do? I mean, yeah. Uh, quotes, Freddy Krueger, uh, Oh, Carlos, lend me your ear. That that <laughs> scene's fucked up. That scene is really fucked up because, I mean, it's an, it goes into the whole thing about him being cruel again, too. It's like it's hard to root for him whenever he's like, you take this, this guy who's got this, you know, physical handicap anyways, and then he shoves like that uh, uh, Q-tip through his entire fucking head. Ugh. And then, and then whenever his, like he tries to pick up his hearing or whenever he, and his hearing aid's still on there and Freddie slices the whole entire ear off, you know? So yeah. Uh, John Doe to Maggie, look, do you have any um, caffeine pills or coffee? Maybe some Coke. I, I meant the soda, the soda. <laughs> Because uh, they couldn't have cocaine use in a movie like this for kids. Come on. Yeah. Um, oh, my God. Freddie dressed as the Wicked Witch of the West and riding a broom. Uh, I'll get you, my pretty, and your little soul, too. So dumb. <laughs> uh, Oprah Noodle Mantra. That is the name that they gave uh, uh, Johnny Depp's character in this. Oprah Noodle Mantra. All right, once again, this is your brain, cracks an egg. This is your brain on drugs. Questions? And then Freddy hits him with a frying pan. Yeah, what are you on? Looks like a frying pan and some eggs to me. <laughs> I swear to God, uh, I will that, leave this studio. <laughs> 
Uh, this scene only makes sense, or for I mean, that scene only makes sense for people that grew up around that time because anybody yes. who grew up in that time period, there's that it played all the time on TV. It was like the uh, the the chick was in the uh, you know the the. the her kitchen like she's cracking the eggs she's you know she's like this is your brain this is your brain on drugs any questions you know like it played all the time oh my god um, do you remember okay so i remember the egg commercials this is your brain this is your brain on drugs any questions and it was like i have a lot of questions um but the, you also remember oh god it was the group the jets i was a kid kid and they had the be smart don't start <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that one. Oh my god, it's if I can find it, it was is cheesy as fuck. And then of course there was the Dare campaigns. There was Dare that we had at school, and uh, you know, and you and you could be like the. And it, it was always funny because it seemed like the kids who were chosen to be like the captains or or the the leaders of the Dare committee or whatever it was that they had were always the kids that later on in high school were the ones that were the highest, you know. Or, yeah, they're the ones of being on drugs. <laughs> they're the ones that ended up trying the drugs. Yeah, uh, it was almost like they could. They knew the kids that were going to, but uh, you know, and and like they had a preternatural sense. It's like, oh, that kid's definitely gonna be on drugs. Make him like the you know the the dare champion or whatever they called them. So yeah, oh my um, god. We also had back in the eighties. Uh, I don't know if you had it there, but like we had like these hokey like school assemblies where you'd have like these uh, people who were dressed up like teenagers but they were clearly in their 30s or something and they were like hey kids let's rap about drugs oh, it's God. like don't do drugs you know like that whole thing we did and it was just like <laughs> why are we fucking here like i don't know something about being in one of those assemblies made me want to do drugs more i, I think they converted more people into drug use than they actually did the opposite because i mean i would even sit there and think i mean i never did anything like that but i would sit there and think i'm like i hate you I, where are the drugs i want to use them just to make you mad you i want know, i want like... to be numb right now <laughs> <laughs> what what fucking uh, is it who who's saying i want to be sedated hey, you forgot your power glove Shut up. And they really did What's have. That now? I'm sorry. Oh, nothing. I was talking about being sedated, but we've moved on. We're on to the Freddy glove now. They really did fucking mock a Nintendo Super NES glove. Yeah, they thought they were going to get sued over that big time. And then they went to Robert Shea and they were like, uh, should we cut this? And he's like, no, fuck it. If, if they sue them, you know, uh, we'll just handle it at that point. Yeah. And, uh, and so, and they put it in there and Nintendo was like, eh, we'll allow it. <laughs> well, it didn't look like it. It didn't look like a major knockoff, but you knew what they were referencing for sure. Oh, for sure. Um, and then uh, Freddy Krueger while playing a video game and watching a character explode. Hmm, great graphics. So dumb. <laughs> oh, my God, they were terrible graphics. Yeah, they were really bad. I mean, they didn't even look like a Nintendo game of that period because they had that weird animation style, which, you know, we talked about how part five had that, you know, really, I mean, had that good take, uh, uh, you know, take on me or whatever, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, interlude that they had there with the comic book guy. And then they also had like the Ray Harryhausen stuff that was well done. The yeah. animation that they did for the video game in this is shit. It is so bad. <laughs> um, but anyways, that's, I mean, uh, I guess that goes right into the visuals discussing it. Like, as far as the kills in this, like Carlos is pretty cool. It's it's gross. Like it turns into that earwig thing that like blows his head up. And yes. I, and I had and even though I watched this the most as a kid because Freddie was like tolerable in this one, you know, as a kid that was like scared by shit like this. 
that earwig thing creeped me the fuck out. Yes. Like I was constant and and also I had this really bad experience and it even creeped me out to even think about it. I had a roach crawling in my ear one time when uh. I was sleeping as a kid and uh felt it scratching inside of my eardrum no. and, like it, uh, and yes i had that happen to me once and if you've ever had that and you see this scene in this movie it, it's bad i'm just going to throw that out there it's it's uh it, it's that scene means a lot more whenever you've had an actual fucking thing inside of your goddamn ear you uh. know? like it's bad okay wait how did you guys uh, get rid of it did you have to have someone pull it out did you pour fluids down there uh, I started like really freaking out, obviously, and uh, it just so happened it was long enough, and that that makes it even worse that ah! his legs were still out, and I was able to pull it out. No, no, fuck you. Yes, I'm serious, and like so, I mean, you know, you can say what you want to about you know Evil Dead, and like ah. you know the, these possessions. You have a fucking roach crawl in your ear. That shit will stay with you. That that'll give you like fucking you know, creepy trauma for, for life. You oh know? my God. I would be <laughs> screaming at the top of my lungs. Uh, uh, anyways, that, that scene was pretty bad for me. I know for others, it's just, you know, probably whatever. Uh, I did like how they, they, I mean, I like the inventiveness of the kill with Breck and Myers character in the movie, but it, but the visual effects of the game were, hokey as fuck like yeah they, they just they look bad it's sad because it's obviously it doesn't hold up i'm gonna tell you like i knew the kid had going back to the ear situation i knew that it was obviously going to affect him more but even that being said as soon as i saw him extend out the chalkboard i was like this is gonna hurt like this is this is gonna oh, be yeah. bad just for me not even thinking about the poor kid that had this fucking enhanced ear now well and then you have the whole thing with freddie dropping those pins or whatever Ugh. i mean he's such a fucking asshole he like, I mean, he's just playing with carlos at that point it's like well there you go you know um but yeah breaking myers character's death in the movie is i mean i didn't like the effects of the video game but i'll give them that and it is hokey as shit seeing him in real life that's the one thing that kills me about this i know that they show in the original movie that with, uh, you know, um, I can't remember her name because it's been a little bit, but like the, 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 the first character we meet in the first movie that ends up on the ceiling or whatever, you know, like moving around. That's a very cool scene, by the way. Yeah. That, like she's getting tore apart. I know they show that that happened to her in real life, but for the last few movies, they've not really showed that whatever Freddie was doing in the dream world was affecting him in real life the same way. Like, I mean, you know. They weren't moving around basically uh, the same way that they were moving in their dreams. But they go so far in this one to show like Breck and Meyer like looking like hokey as fuck, like in, in reality, like bouncing up and down like a, a cart like cartoon character or a video game character. And it, it, it's weird. I don't know why they chose to do that. Yeah. Um, it, it, that's the only part about that kill that I don't like because I, I like the concept of him killing in a video game and then to the end where he falls into the the like pit of souls or whatever that, you know, is basically Freddie. We, I mean, you know, we know that he's got all the souls inside of him. Um, that that looked, looked cool. The pit of souls looked cool, but like, I just didn't like how he was bouncing through the house and like, yeah. uh, like breaking through walls and all that shit. I'm like, come on now, this is goofy as fuck. Like, yeah. I mean, uh, and, and, um, Let's see. And then we really didn't have, going back to the deaths here, as far as like the looks, the pit scene. I mean, it was funny and it was cool for what it was, but I mean, <laughs> it was, it was like, it was like what new framed Roger rabbit, uh, basically at that point. So, 
uh, I don't know if I would give it like kill of the month or anything like that, but it was funny to see like Robert England hamming it up as a Bugs Bunny type character in that scene. Yeah. I mean, uh, it was, it was more funny than anything. Uh, but speaking about the visuals of it, so getting back to that, uh, it, it, this had a better quality look to it again than four, as far as like the film look of it. I'll yeah. give it that. Even if some of the stuff was hokey looking, the lights were done better. It yes. looks like a movie movie. It did. Uh, the only part that's, that's really out there and really stupid, but like, I know what they were going for. They, they were going out with a bang. So they wanted some spectacle to it. It's the 3d sequence toward the end of the movie, the last 10 minutes. Um, they did a lot of that shit that they always do in 3d movies where they hold stuff up to the camera. Yeah. And, you know, they, they have the whole, I mean, it doesn't look that way now because the versions we have are not that way, but I remember watching it with the 3d on and like, it would turn like blurry and you'd see those dream demons like floating in front of your face. And as they were talking, which the dream demons cool design, but they look stupid when they're moving in that 3d sequence. I, yeah. I don't like how they look when they're moving around. They look a little, not Harryhausen nostalgic look, and they just look stupid looking to me. I don't know. What do you think about them? Um, I'm getting a second. They did look pretty cool. God, I remember this, too. I, I must have seen this a as a kid, for sure. Um, I'm trying to remember if I actually saw this in 3D. Not recently. Clearly, I did not recently. You know? Um, I didn't. I remember as a kid liking them moving. I think I saw this in the theater. I think I saw this in 3D. Uh, I thought it was cool seeing them moving around, but as an adult, with the what we have for graphics now, and seeing it at home, it is it's pretty fucking terrible. Yeah, I remember it as a kid looking pretty cool too. I'm not going to sit there and lie. I did think it was cool looking at the time, and I want to say I saw it in the theater, although I can't confirm that I did. Yeah. Uh, but even if I didn't, I know for a fact that I watched it in 3D like later on whenever the blue or the, the original DVD set came out because they included the, the 3D glasses in the case or whatever to yeah. watch it with. So I did see it that um but yeah looking back I mean when you watch it now it just looks bad. I mean it's it's it even the concept they had of where they showed like the neurons and like Freddie's brain, quote unquote, like yeah. when you're flying through there, like they, they had like this cool claymation effect as a kid, but like watching it now, I'm like, mm, I still think five did better than this on some of their stuff. Yeah. I, I um, think I'm going to have the concept that they had once they go ahead. Uh, with our audio, not audio being delayed, but internet delaying our audio, I just wanted to say, yeah, I have to agree with you on five being the better. Okay, yeah, and I, and the concept of her being inside Freddie's head and like seeing his memories, it sounds cooler than it plays out in the movie. I feel oh like. yeah, completely. <laughs> uh, so that gets to the story. I mean, I don't like what they did with his backstory in this one. That's the one thing that a lot of fans hate. Is they added in the the wife and the kid, uh, totally unnecessary. Didn't need to be added to the lore for Freddy to make him like sympathetic. If that's what they were trying to do, um, and, and then the whole, and the, I, I think the Mister Underwood stuff had been hinted at previously in other media, to my knowledge. But like they, the way that they set it up in this one, it's a little bit. Uh, I mean. Because I, I think previously there was a store, short story where Mr. Underwood was like just a caretaker who found Freddie as a homeless youth and like took him in. And then like, you know, that's 
and then Freddy like killed him and then set fire to the place. And that's like, you know, how he kind of got his start. But in this one, they set it up that he was just his caretaker from like, you know, from even like a younger age. And that's not how, and that that's not really necessary either. I don't think so. I don't think either of those things really adds to the lore that much. And I don't know how much I like the dream demon part of it either, that he made a pact to get those powers. Cause I, I think it's cooler when he's just a vengeance yeah. like ghost slash demon himself and he doesn't get his powers from those three spirits or whatever they are. He's the dream demon. Like, that's it. Like, th- that <clears throat> shouldn't have, there shouldn't have been any addition to that. But I am going to say I disagree a little bit about Frederick's backstory with his wife because I think because it had that gleamy 50s, you know, suburban, you know, happy life looking, I think it made him look more like a psycho. I can see that, but I mean, like, you know, okay, so the original story before they retconned it was that he was, like, he worked at the local foundry. Uh, He just happened to be, like, this sicko who started, like, you know, possibly molesting the children, but obviously killing them, regardless of what version you see of him. And then the parents got mad, you know, because, like, when he was took to trial, he was caught, took the trial, he got off on a technicality. Uh, They, you know, took vengeance in their own hands. They killed him. The uh, hatred, kind of like in a Japanese uh, ghost horror, you know, type way, the hatred that they had and, and the pain, uh, you know, man- remanifested as his spirit, evil spirit coming back, and he took vengeance on their children even after death. That is a good enough story on its own without, like, now they retcon it to where, no, he was a typical family man, even though he had, like, psycho tendencies, obviously, because uh-huh. he was building the glove in his basement. But then, like, whenever he killed his wife, that was his first first death that he actually did, according to, uh, from what they kind of show in the movie. His, the local, uh, you know, police, the local authorities, they took his child away from him. And so to get back at, you know, the fact they took his child, then he started being a predator against the oh. children of, of Elm Street. I don't like that part of it. Like, that doesn't, Yeah, like, that you know, part doesn't, yeah. Um, so, I... I don't know that I, they didn't need to add that. And it's, it's a bad add to the series in my opinion, as far as like giving him lore. Yeah. Um, the rest of the story of this is fairly road. I mean, it's like, you know, again, Freddie's like reached, reached the limitations that he could like now he's trapped within the confines of Springwood itself instead of just Elm street, but he's killed everybody except for the one kid who is assumed to be Jacob. And uh, he knows that Jacob has his the powers. They don't really say what happened to Alice at this point. It's assumed that she was killed at some point. And uh, now he's he knows that he can use Jacob's dream powers to pull in other people or to at least bring Freddie over. But but he needs a biological way of coming back, just like he did in Part Five. Uh, so this time he uses his own flesh and blood. He's going to basically possess the body of his daughter and use her as the catalyst. Uh, you know, because he has a line in the movie, every town has an Elm Street. Yeah. Know? So. Which he's not um, lying. He is. That is true. It's like one of the most common names. And I think uh, that's the reason Craven uh, set or, you know, named it Elm Street is because he knew it would have appeal. Like, you know, everybody's like, oh, fuck, I know where Elm Street's at, you know. Yeah. Um, But I I don't know. It, it just feels like it's same shit, different day when it comes to the story. Um. Just and on a grander scale than it was in the previous movies. Yeah, I mean, what more could they have done? This is why they were like, "We're gonna kill him off." There's what? What more can you do? 
Uh, well, we'll get to that because there's actually a story idea that was pitched by none other than Peter Jackson uh, that sounded fucking awesome, and they didn't go with it. So we'll get into that in the trivia, and it fucking pisses me off that that's, we didn't get the that version of it. Yeah. Um, any, anything the music was very 90s in this it was <laughs> the complete opposite of like uh, you know part 4 which had that 80s synth vibe this had a very like 90s hip hop slash uh, you know early 90s pop music feel to it and I'm not the biggest fan of that stuff anyway so when I hear it it just feels dated to me whereas the 80s stuff feels like tickles the nostalgia a little bit this one's just kind of like okay yeah you're definitely early 90s yeah yeah, I mean, it is, it's very, it's just because it's very dated, so we're kind of like, ugh, you know, we roll our eyes, because we know what kind of movies we got back then. Sometimes they were good, but sometimes they are fucking terrible, you know? <laughs> and nowadays, there's uh, no movies out that, when you hear a song, you're like, oh my god, that reminds me of a terrible movie, because usually terrible movies don't have good soundtracks in them, or any soundtrack, let alone just a original motion picture soundtrack, but that's different, you know? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, I don't know, it's weird. It's uh, But also it, it comes to the fact that the internet has decentralized stuff so much that there's not that cultural zeitgeist that there used to be. Like when you hear 80s music, you know it's 80s music. Like it's it, it's got the synth or it's got like the, the late 80s, like, you know, hair metal, you know, sound to it. It's one or the other. You hear 90s, it's either grunge or it's like, you know, the uh, – the you know R and B type music that came out, or it's you know like you get to late nineties, you start getting into some like the gangster rap stuff. Uh, you know, it, there was definitely a through line on that too. And it's like you get to early two thousands, and other than like the what they call the dad rock now, which makes me feel older than shit whenever they say it. You know, the Nickelback and the and the sort of music like that, and like the Britney Spears type you know poppy music. Yeah. It starts like to die off after the early two thousands, and now it's like. Uh, Billy Eilish, uh, The Weeknd, uh, you know, like that sort of thing. Like, there's no real, like, Taylor Swift's the only person who is universally known now, really, as far as, like, music goes. I yeah. mean, The Weeknd's building a reputation, but it's Taylor Swift across the board, you know. Yeah, um, and The Weeknd hit the horror community pretty good by, I think it was good exposure for him to do the house he did at... HHN, despite how Florida felt about it compared to Hollywood. Well, they're talking about they could have a sequel to it this year because his his next album, like uh, After Dawn or or whatever it's called, uh, they're the they're on the speculation maps. They always do like symbols or, or some kind of name to represent what the uh, projected, you know, or what the leaked kind of ideas are the different houses in and at least in Florida there's been a guitar with a lightning bolt through it the entire time that they've had the speculation map and everybody says that it's going to be the the second weekend house yeah um I mean uh, clearly from from the California angle of it 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 was a legitimate nightmare I mean it was it was awesome so I'm curious I also don't want it to be overdone there's a reason why I don't have a season pass to Universal Studios. I want to enjoy it when I enjoy it, not it be something that, oh, I want to get my money's worth out of this season pass, let alone Holly, you know, ha, 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 eh. Halloween Horror Nights. I always say Hollywood Horror Nights. It's the same thing. Well, you're, I mean, it's technically the same thing, but yeah. um, 
and, and the funny thing with the weekend is he's got a lot of that synth 80s vibe to him that's the reason a lot of horror fans connect with him because they you know obviously to a lot of fans the 80s were one of the the high points i mean i know that quentin tarantino came out and said that well, the 50s and the 80s were the two worst times for movies, period. And, uh, you know, I know Mike is like partially agreed with him in the sense of like independent filmmakers. But I don't agree with it in the sense of independent filmmakers because there's a lot of indie horror movies that like, you know, Sam Raimi and like, you know, and then some of the others that that are define the genre for horror fans. And they, like for us, the were the golden era of horror movies so if you are into horror and then you also have that synth vibe going on like the, which tickles that nostalgia from the 80s on the sound too then he knows what he's doing with that that's all i'm saying like, oh yeah he's playing into that very well speaking of the weekend um, real quick small tangent but have you seen the tiktoks going around where they're like oh we did an ai of the weekend or of Michael Jackson singing i feel it coming which is a weekend song and it literally does not sound different than the weekend singing it because the weekend sang it in the in the style of michael jackson he wanted to sound like michael jackson when he did the song it doesn't surprise me like i said i he knows i mean i he i appreciate the guy for the fact that he knows the genre and he yeah and he, he generally does he likes horror movies and i mean i know billy eilish just said the same thing but i feel like she's in the more of the uh the elevated horror type stuff because even her songs like come off as more of like one of the, like a Babadook type, like, you know, not, you know, type thing. And, uh, you know, uh, but he's like throwing back to like, you know, the, the stuff that most people really like in horror. So it doesn't surprise me that he's emulating the eighties in that sense too, because he, he loves that sort of style. Yeah. Um, but it has nothing to do with this mo- uh, movie because the music in this is just that early nineties yeah. like, hip hop you know not even the good stuff like i mean when you're here it's you're just like yeah we're i mean that's not like uh you know um i'm blanking on names of like you know and like tlc i mean when you get later on but then like uh salt and pepper were early 90s like it doesn't even have that vibe to it oh know? yeah it's, no it's just <laughs> kind of generic generic 90s let's just leave it at that uh acting in this movie um it's not the best it really <laughs> isn't i mean the the two standouts in the movie are Roseanne and Tom Arnold. Oh uh, God! And uh, they're overacting to the nth degree, which oh, I yeah. love. But I mean, of course, Robert England. I mean, he he's fine. You know, he's doing his Robert England thing and yeah. uh, enjoying the shit out of it. But none of the other people in the movie, like Lisa Zane, is a final girl. Like she, I mean, you can say what you want to about Alice, but like Lisa doesn't really bring anything to this. I mean, uh, as Freddie's like daughter. I mean. I, I don't I she's kind of just there in most of the movie yeah um I don't I don't know I don't know what's your thoughts on the acting it just there's no standouts to me in this movie there's, other than Robert himself yeah there's really nothing to say you can tell that they were you could tell that the directors and the producers were over it and it was just like let's just get one more in the bank because it is a money maker you know and it made them money, so it worked yeah, out for them. It did. Um, That's all they get, though. I don't have anything else amazing to say about it. Uh, let's see. Anything else you want to cover about this movie before we go into trivia for this one? No, I'm ready for trivia. Uh, first film in the series to not include the little girl's jumping rope, uh, singing Freddie's Rhyme. Um, 
it's uh, according to Alice Cooper, never sleep again. Uh, he stated that he gets asked to be in films all the time, but they always wanted to be in makeup as his onstage persona. He agreed in this one, not only because he was a fan of the series, but also because he could play a character as Freddie's father, uh, as himself without his usual Alice Cooper look on him. Nice. Um, and I think they did a good job. I mean, he, you know, he actually, this whole persona is like a put on, like he's actually kind of a nerdy guy at, at heart. So, I mean, being smart in life caused him to be good, smart in terms of, say. yeah, he was able to make money off of, he made smart choices. <laughs> yeah. And I'm sure that it got all the, you know, the goth freak women, you know, after him or whatever, you know, they, they're like, Oh, be my goth daddy. And here he is. He's just this bookish type that, you know, just has his persona. He's like, all right, fine. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Peter Jackson was originally hired to write the screenplay for this film. He wrote a draft, but it wasn't used. Uh, his original screenplay had an F, uh, F for Freddie's dad saw an aging Freddie. Uh, you know, Robert England was going to be like, you, you could tell Freddie was older, weaker, uh, uh, was growing weak within the dream world. And actually the teens of Springwood uh, would go on drug fueled uh, slumber parties just for kicks and go into the nightmares just so they could beat the shit out of the Freddie in this one. Um, I actually like the thought of that because it's like you, and the whole point of the movie was, is that he, he doesn't, he's not killed in a while. So he's like lost his mojo. And then he happens by accident to kill one of these kids that comes in there to beat the shit out of him. And he starts to get some power back. And so he started throughout the movie. He grows in power is how the movie was set up. Um, I think that's kind of a cool idea. I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but I mean, it would have been cool. And it, it kind of upsets me a little bit that they didn't go that route. Um, I mean, it, it just puts a different spin on it instead of the same old, same old of like Freddy's like uber powerful and now he's decimated the town. It's like, no, it's like the actual opposite. Whenever he was last defeated, when he tried to come back, he was in such a weakened state that like the, the he, to the rest of the kids, he's just a joke. And so like, he said, it's almost like you, you feel sympathy on the other side. Cause he's trapped there, like for whatever reason. And like the, you know, and, and they're abusing him. And like, so he kind of turns the tables. It's a different take on it. You know? Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, and then of course, I mean, we can't feel too bad for Peter Jackson with this up and comer, like no name guy, because, uh, <laughs> He, he did make Lord of the Rings eventually with New Line. I mean, you know, so that worked out for both company or both, you know, parties in that situation whenever that happened. He did okay. Uh, well, um, uh, yeah, he, he's, uh, he's okay, folks. Don't worry too much about old Peter Jackson. Um, on September 12, 1991, a day before the U.S. released the movie, Los Angeles declared it Freddy Krueger Day. What day? Uh, September 12th. Well, interesting. Uh, Kind of funny considering later what would yeah September 11th would be, uh, and not in a good way. Uh, New Line Cinema's first film in 3D. A uh, 16-year-old Jacob Johnson, a, a son that was born to Alice Johnson in the previous installment, uh, was a major character of the original script written for the movie by Michael Almerita. In his first draft of the film, Alice, now in her 30s, was killed by Freddy, Taryn, uh, Joey, and Kincaid from Elm Street 3. Dream Warriors also returned as the Dream Police, which is funny because what'd you call them in the last thing? They were the Dream Security Guards? Yes! <laughs> At best. So they were actually, they act, you, you, you couldn't have been, yeah. How smart you are. I mean, like, you, you even wrote a script and your mind didn't even realize it. So they came back as the dream per- police. 
Uh, and but in that script, Taryn was a blade cop, Joey was a sound cop, and then Kincaid was the power cop. Uh, director Rachel Talele was uh, stated that she greatly disliked this original script and that the replacement script by Michael DeLuca saved the day, in quotation marks. Uh, DeLuca also said that he was surprised he wasn't asked to write the screenplay in the first place as he had done a similar last-minute rewrite on Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child, in 89. Uh, well, Sour Grapes, sir, uh, I don't feel like your script in this was that great, so I wouldn't be bragging about it. Yeah, um, and the Air Bunny usage of save the day, I mean, it didn't. You don't even deserve that, Air Bunnies. No, I mean, I think that's the uh, the executive who got to be a director for a movie, you know, trying to blow smoke, because that's what exe- executives do. They're like, oh, this was fabulous. It was so great. You didn't know, and everybody else is looking around like, is this bitch serious? This was a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, what, what the fuck is she talking about? Um. John Doe was supposed to be Jacob from the previous film. It was made vague when they couldn't secure the return of Lisa Wilcox. In earlier versions of the script, Freddie absorbed the entire town of Springwood into the dream world before moving on to the next town with the dream police chasing after him. Uh, which that's a cool concept too. I mean, if you're going for an alternate thing, it's like he's he, he's pulled all Springwood but into the dream and now he's trying to move on to the next town and like the dream warriors basically come back and we're fighting him over it or whatever. Um, um, you know what I keep thinking of? I keep, What's that? There's a song from I, either the early 1980s, maybe maybe late 1970s, like 79 at the earliest. I want to say it's by Cheap Trick called The Dream Police. I keep thinking of that stupid song. I don't know if you've ever heard it. It's horrible. I mean, it's not horrible, but it's, it's Cheap Trick, you know? <laughs> That's probably where they got the, the name because a lot of times these movies, like the script writers will be listening to music and something will pop up and they're like, Dream Police. That's a fucking, that, well, let's make that. You know, it's like, that's probably what happened, to be oh honest. Oh, my God. More evidence to John possibly being Jacob is his belief that he can enter Spencer's dream and ability Jacob would have inherited for this mother, Alice. Yeah. Uh, this is the first Nightmare on Elm Street film not to end on a cliffhanger. They for sure kill Freddy in this one, and there's no hint of him coming back. Um, it is the highest opening weekend for the series until the release of Freddy versus Jason in 2003. I mean, yeah. Of course that, but, yeah, I mean, you've got two icons fighting each other. That's what people – we used to – I remember I, – I do remember this back on the playground uh, whenever I was a kid. Uh, we would get outside, and we were like, oh, man, what if, like, Freddie was to fight Jason? Like, how would that even go down? Like, how you know, it's like – and then there would always be the kid. It's like, Jason doesn't dream, so there's no way that they – it's like, yeah, but what if they did? Like, who would – who you know, and, like – and they knew that we had these discussions as kids because whenever they came out with Freddie versus Jason, they're like – you wanted it. Yeah. There you go, kids. You got like, it. You know, and- They're all on the playground <laughs> listening to you guys just being creepers in the background. And, like, Jason doesn't <laughs> dream, but do you know? Like, do you know Jason's life? Like, you don't know. And you obviously don't care. Like, you don't care what his dreams are. Yeah, I mean, like, he might be slumbering down there as he's attached to that rock in the bottom of Crystal uh, bottom of Crystal Lake. Like, who gives a shit? Like, just have him fight. That's all yeah, we care about. He you dreams know? of getting out of there. Fuck. I mean, we we always discuss like, what if Michael was to fight like you know Leatherface? I mean, you know, the whole theory was in that one that, and they actually talked about making that movie, but they couldn't secure the rights to the characters. But um, you know, it was always thought that Leatherface would have the initial advantage because he's way more visceral. But then Michael can't technically die, so he would eventually come back and take Leatherface out. Was the whole theory on that? One, Maybe, so. yeah. 
when shown theatrically, audience members were given one pair of red cardboard 3D glasses with movie taglines printed on it. The inside arm had it had, it, had adhesives for attaching the standard glasses, and adver- advertisement for House Party 2 was printed on the outside of the arm. What the fuck? No. <laughs> oh, my God. That explains the shitty rap in this movie, or, Ugh. you know, hip-hop in this movie. Um, they, they were just, like, trying to, like, it's like, you like the music and Freddy's dead? You're going to love House Party 2 with Kid and Play. Fucking shit. <laughs> no, thank you. Uh, Rachel Talele is the only woman to direct the Nightmare on Elm Street film, and I'm sorry for all you women out there, including La Urena, but, like, she did as good a job as what you would expect that Hillary Clinton to have done, so oh, she destroyed it for you all. dirty. Uh, she actually got sick toward the end of the filming schedule. They couldn't uh, delay production to wait for her recovery, so according to Sean Greenblatt, Aaron Warner actually directed the last several hours of the filming of the movie, including the final scene between Freddie and John Doe. I mean... You know, women are always fucking getting sick over something, so. And it takes a man to step in there and finish what they won't do. Yeah. Come on. That's why you become a housewife. You just stay at home and be sick there. <laughs> of course we can. There's a plenty of good female directors out there. It's just she was an executive, folks. She wasn't going to do a good job to begin with. They just wanted to crank this thing out for the least amount of money. She was already on the payroll. They didn't have to pay her anything extra to do this. Yeah. Uh, when Freddie punches Tracy in the face during their epic fight, Robert England actually punched Leslie Deanne in the face. What a dick. I knew he was an asshole. <laughs> uh, it was a slip is what they said when in the uh, never sleep again or whatever. It's like the, he, he went to like do the punch as normal, but like she wasn't like on her mark or he wasn't on his, but anyways, it connected when it shouldn't have. Uh, I think she actually got some cuts because he had the razor on his hand or, or the razor. You oh, know, yeah. Uh, and so she got like a few cuts on her face. She had it. to get stitches. I read that somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, uh, like I said earlier, she believed that she had repressed memories of molestation that came up because of this movie. Uh, in the extended interviews on Never Sleep Again, uh, Lisa Zane reveals she wore, wrote and performed a James Bond-esque end credits ballad similar to Tuesday Night's opening theme Nightmare in part four of the series titled The Worst is Over, but it was not used. Uh, womp womp. <laughs> Uh, they reused most of the crew from John Waters' Crybaby, including Tracy Lord's husband in this movie. Uh, they, yeah, I remember they said that they were going to have like the character that Roseanne played was going to be played by Divine, like you know the crossdresser yeah. back in the day, the the heavyset crossdresser. Like they literally said the entire staff on this was basically John Waters' crew, and it makes sense when you watch the movie because it has that campy John Waters vibe to it. Like, down to the T, it does. Like, yeah. if you've ever watched Crybaby, if you've ever watched Hairspray, it's the same kind of mentality that, like, it seems like went on in this movie. Um, Ricky Dean Logan, the actor who played Carlos, was originally cast as John Doe. The role of Carlos simply spoke to him more, and that was the one for which he lobbied, even though uh, that's not what they thought uh, brought him on to play. And then Sean Greenblatt, Greenblatt then went on to get the part. And he was talking about it, and he, he said that it just there was something about the way that Carlos was portrayed and, like, the, the way that he came from, like, the background he had. It just, it, to him as an actor, he felt more connection with it than he did for the character of John Doe. So kudos to him for, you know, fighting for the part that he wanted, at least. Yeah. He did a good job as Carlos. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. He's actually, of the kids, I think he was a better one, to be honest. 
Yeah, I don't have anything bad to say. Um, I don't have anything. I'm kind of neutral. I don't have anything bad or good. Nothing stood out, but I also don't have yeah, anything it's, bad. Yeah, it's, it's middle of the road for most of them. I mean, you know, like Breaking Myers, like literally playing like just the, you know, pissed off kid or whatever, you know, from like the 90s. I mean, like he's the standard teenage Brad. I mean, he nothing major. He just kind of fit in that archetype. So, yeah. Uh, I thought it was weird in this one, though. They, they they went back to two in a sense, and I didn't discuss this earlier, but it's one of the things that aggravated me. It's like Freddie had a lot more involvement in the real world in this movie. Like uh, whenever uh, Roseanne and Tom were, like, you know, tell, warning him, then the, the school bell went off, and they said, oh, he's back. Like, he, you know, you've brought him back or whatever. Like he's manifesting in the real world in this one way more than he ever did in any of the other ones, and it's kind of weird. I don't know if that's because he's supposed to be so powerful from all the souls that he's collected. But, like, I mean, even whenever the, the three kids were driving around town, it wasn't assumed that they were asleep. They, it's just that they couldn't go anywhere because Freddie wouldn't let them leave. Yeah. Kind of a weird change. So it's another weird retcon to his character. But anyways. Worse than uh, when he was at the fucking house party in the pool? Well, yeah, but everybody says that that broke canon. So, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know why they would go back after everybody admitted that was stupid and then, like... Yeah, well, with a little more power, he could do that. It's like, what? Yeah. Uh, okay. <clears throat> the video game system that Freddy Krueger plays is similar to an NES, which featured a Nightmare on Elm Street, 1989, as a video game. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like that, that uh, Friday the 13th game or whatever that had, like, Purple Jason, you know, falling oh. through the different... I never could do anything with that game. Like I never could figure out the point. It's like I walk inside one room. There was like, you know, his, you would eventually find his mom's head in one of the cabins. And if you did that, he would immediately appear and kill you. But then like, I never could figure out how you were supposed to actually save anybody in that game. Mm. Yeah. I think <laughs> Benny's still trying to figure it out in the current game. So there's that. Uh, Leslie Deanne was in 976 Evil, which was directed by Robert England. That's actually how she got this job, because Robert recommended her for this part. So that's nice. kind of cool on him. And then he punched her in the face. Mm-hmm. That's like, I got you this job, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> uh, even though she plays a teenager, Leslie Deanne was 26 at the time of filming. Uh, <laughs> that still makes me think of that line that... Uh, that uh, Nancy had in the first movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Lane Camp's character. She's like, what am I, like 22 or whatever she says? And I like, look like a 20-year-old. Yeah, it's like, come on. You whore. <laughs> uh, Leslie Deanne said in an interview that working with Roseanne and Tom Arnold was a blast and that they were the nicest down-to-earth people. She also said uh, saw them on the phone trying to help an abused girl get out of a horrible situation. Aww. So it's wow. kind of funny I pointed this out recently, uh, and I, it's however you feel politically, but it is what it is. Uh, if you've seen pictures of Roseanne lately, she actually looks really good. Yeah, Roseanne, she like, aged she, way better. She looks better than she did back when she was in her prime. It's the funny thing, hundred percent. And they showed her, and then they showed a picture of Madonna, and they, you know, they were talking about like one of these is based and looks really good for her age. The other one is, you know. <laughs> but I was just like, because, you know, Roseanne's very conservative, or at least conservative versus Hollywood. She's yeah. probably still, you know, very left versus a lot of other places. But, I mean, she's just, she's no nonsense. Like, that's the reason they hated her so much. Like, she would come out there and say something, and then they'd be like, you're not allowed to say that. And she's like, fuck, I am. Yeah. So, I just, I thought it was funny, the comparison, because I was like, yeah, they got a good point. Like, Roseanne looks, she looks better now than she did in this movie. So Yeah. Um. 
uh, let's see. This is the first Elm Street on movie not to have the words Elm Street in the title. That trend would continue for the rest of the series, not counting the 2010 remake. Uh, I'm hoping they bring it back though. Whenever if the if it ends up being that the uh, Duffer Brothers end up doing the uh, the the new one as they're talking about because they've been in talks with New Line yeah. to uh, possibly because they did such a good job in the newest season of Stranger Things. I hope that they uh, in, when they bring Robert England back, that they bring back the title at least for that movie. Yeah. Um, the opening graphic. The opening graphic reveals that the scenes take place in Springwood, Ohio. Previous entries kept the location Vegas to be anywhere in the United States, save for the occasional palm trees in the background due to filming in California. But um, that's the bit of the lore that really stuck with most fans because they're like, okay, it's, you know, Freddie is in Ohio. That's where he's at. Yeah. At around 28 minutes during the scene at Springwood High School, several newspaper clippings and other references to Freddy's victims appear. Also written on the chalkboard is 1945 Hiroshima and Nagasaki attempts fail. So it, to me, that makes it seem like in Freddy's reality, uh, the A-bomb was not dropped. I don't know if that, what butterfly effect that would have on anything, but yeah. that's what they basically set up with this one scene is that in Freddy's, uh, parallel universe that he operates in, like you know, World War Two had a different outcome than it did in our reality. Interesting. I don't, I don't know what you would I, make of it. I don't know what you make of it either. It's just I saw that and I'm like, that's weird. But I noticed it when I was watching the movie because I'd seen this first and I saw it say that, and I'm just like, that is really strange that you know, like they went that route. I don't know if they were trying to what they were trying to paint in that, like like how that would have affected anything. But yeah. Uh, Lisa Zane's brother, Billy Zane, was in Back to the Future and Back to the Future Part 2 uh, and had Cam and co-starred with Ricky Dean Logan, who played uh, Ricky Dean Logan, who played Carlos in the movie. So a little bit of connection between Lisa Zane and, and Ricky Dean before they ever filmed this. Uh, Leslie Dean and Johnny Depp both appeared on 21 Jump Street together. Uh, this film was released in 91, but set in 94 which is hilarious because it's supposed to be set 10 years into the future. So if it's set in 94, I mean, that's, I don't know. It's weird. Like that, that whole opening graphic makes it look like there's a post nuclear America or some kind of bullshit that's went on. Yeah. <clears throat> the only film in the series in which Freddie doesn't kill anyone using his glove, although he gets killed with a glove himself. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Robert England said his favorite killing of the nightmare on Elm street fi uh, films comes with uh, in this one. And it's Carlos deaths scene so i mean gotta, it's it's pretty fucking effective it, it is i gotta give them credit for that um executive meddling a rare after the fact example when the movie was in u.s theaters in 91 it ran 100 and or 100 minutes featuring many character moments and introducing uh maggie's foster mother uh doesn't just randomly show up uh near the end of the movie however uh, for whatever reasons, New Line Cinema cut the movie down to 88 minutes for all home video releases, which unfortunately is all that's been available to this day. The German version of the movie, while cut down from the 100-minute uh, version, also features many of the scenes removed from the home video version. So, Interesting. don't know what their thinking was on that, because I mean, you know, it is, I mean, if you were watching that, some, some of the characters just do and get, like they said, get introduced and disappear as quickly as they, you know, are put on the film, and it's like, why? Why were they even here? You know, like they serve no purpose. Yeah. Uh, the producers plan a spinoff film in which Freddy Krueger's spirit possesses the body of his daughter, Maggie Burroughs, uh, and then she continues her father's murderous killing spree, but that movie never came to fruition. Thank, Thank God. God. Ah, jinx. <laughs> 
excluding flashbacks, this is the only nightmare movie in which no female characters die. All the victims are male. Boo. Equality, folks. You got to have it. You got to love it. Uh, sad, uh, said to take place 10 years from now, the official A Night Run Elm Street uh, website's timeline opted for 99 in place of 2001, despite the release date of the film in 91, taking 10 years from now to refer to the conclusion of Night Run Elm Street, The Dream Child. This act actually impacts the placement of Jason Goes to Hell since Jason or Freddy Krueger's claw emerged from the portal of hell at the end of that movie to seize Jason's hockey mask. This indicates that the defeat of Freddy in this film preceded the events uh, of Jason Goes to Hell on the final Friday. So basically they're saying this movie takes place 10 years from now in 2000, but then uh, Jason Goes to Hell takes place in 93. So at that point. Yeah. New Line didn't care. I'm just telling you. They uh, just didn't give two shits. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, has the same body count as the Nightmare on Elm Street, the Dream Child. Uh, three victims in each one, the lowest of the series. Boo. Um, Death Holler Awards. What do we think about Maggie Burroughs, a.k.a. Catherine Kruger in this movie? I mean, they they just had to have a final girl. So she's there. Yeah, she she's a final girl. Yeah. Um doesn't win any awards for anything in my opinion. She's I mean, she's blood of a serial killer, but uh Craven him well, not Craven himself. I guess it's the guys who took over for Craven, but they did they do it better than Scream, folks. Like uh, that I, I like the idea of like uh Billy's uh uh bastard daughter uh being like, you know, uh final girl in the new Scream movies better than I like the way that they did this one. Yeah. Uh, Freddy, he's cartoon Freddy in this one, like to the utmost degree. Um, I think the mask looks better in this film than it did in the fourth and the fifth for some reason. Well, he didn't have a mask in the fourth, but like, I think in the fifth, that's when he started wearing the mask and it was like loose. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And then it definitely got a lot better. Like I was like, oh my God. I was like, I was expecting it to look as shitty as it did in, you know, part five, it definitely, they, I don't know if they tightened it up or what they did. It was sticking to his face a lot better. Yeah. I think they might've like just figured out like the, the best way to get that application to like fit his face or something at that point. But Yeah. yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, even if I didn't like the, I mean, necessarily how it looked as much as like previous versions when it was like actually, uh, done more wholesale like it, it at least this one's a little bit better than the one that they used previously yeah uh best kill in the movie um I, carlos is a good one I, I hate to rule him out he's a definitely an honorary mention but for me i like spencer just because i mean the fact that it's you're never going to get another serial or another slasher who's going to be able to kill people inside of a video game like that's just like out there you know yeah I mean, it was definitely, it was Carlos for me only because I could feel the pain. And I'm surprised <laughs> it's not for you because you've actually had something in your ear. I have not. 
So, well, like I said, it's a definitely honorary mention and like it, you know, it, it has more of an effect on me. Like I, you know, but I just visually, I think Spencer stands out more just because even with the shitty graphics, like the yeah. concept of like using like the video games rules against him or whatever was just an interesting concept. It's, it's pretty funny. Uh, Spencer was the one, oh yeah, he's in the video game. And then there was John Doe with the parachute. That was just laughable, but Okay. Uh, best Freddy one-liner. Now I'm playing with power. <laughs> you know what? I had one. Hold on. Uh, let me go to my thing here. It was Kung Fu this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That, that's pretty good, too. Uh, yeah. And you got to throw the bitch in there at the end of it. That yeah. That's great. Uh, he's got to say bitch, but yeah. Uh, best scream in the movie. Um, I'm giving that to... Uh, Tracy or whatever, because, uh, I think she's like, I can't remember which scene it was that, that, uh, where she specifically, you know, where I, I saw that, but like, she's the one that actually like had a moment where she screamed and like either frustration or like, you know, shock, you know, like, uh, finding her friends were dead. And like, she's the one that really stood out in this movie. Like Lisa didn't really, or, you know, like Lisa Zane really didn't react to anything. It's Maggie. And then, um, there really wasn't, I mean, like, Carlos himself was probably a close second for screaming, you know, with the pain. Yeah. But that's the only ones that, that really stood out in this movie. Yeah. Um, other than Carlos, in my opinion, I don't, not a lot of them stood out. So, yeah, it's for me, it's going to be Carlos, uh, but Tracy for you. Uh, best boobs, Linnea Quigley, again, oh because God. they show that montage at the end of the movie of all the ways that Freddie has died. Uh, and they uh, happen to show the the nice little scene with uh, those tatas pushing out of the uh, literally you know, her bust, chest. busting through. So yeah, yes. Um, <clears throat> they even mentioned that I'll never sleep again. They's like, uh, yeah, they's like we was going through there and like we had to include that great scene. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know you had to include it. You, you had to get the, the boob count up because nobody in this movie probably agreed to it. And they were like, well, we have this old footage. Why not reuse it? Uh, well, we get it. Best side character. Yeah. Best side character. Uh, I'm going to give it to Mr. Underwood because it's Alice Cooper. I mean, come on. He, you know. Uh, anybody that stood out as a side character for you in this um, one? No. I actually, I'm going to agree with you because I, I don't really think about side characters a lot for some reason. It's like every time I'm watching these, I'm not thinking about it. Uh, but I can't think of, based off all the characters, which we have the list of in front of us, I can't think of anyone better. And I'm laying, I'm looking at Linnea Quigley's boobs right now. I was slightly distracted. I don't even. I don't, I don't even know how you're talking right now. Uh, you, you. I mean, congratulations on that. Because I'm That's a woman, and they're not super impressive to me. But I respect <laughs> that as a male, they are in their natural. At least they look natural. The pictures I'm looking at. Um, I don't know about this movie though. Savage Streets. They don't look real. There, they're fake. They look fake. Anyways. Um, uh, yeah. Savage Streets, I think she did with, uh, uh, who's the one in, uh, well, I don't know why I'm blanking her name. The lady who was in The Exorcist. What's, uh, that played the, the Reagan in that one. Linda. The uh, Linda. Linda Blair. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Savage Streets has, a, and a lot of people quote that because Linda Blair, like, I guess to get away from her, like, childlike image, like, really, like, was, like, showing off her body in that movie, too. So that's, like, that that movie's known for that. Like, you know, the two of them together, like, being in that yeah. kind of exploitation-type movie. 
Uh, how annoying is the Doom Prophet? I, I absolutely love Tom Arnold and Roseanne Barr's Doom Prophets. Like, they yeah. were the crazy Doom Prophets that you want in a movie, and they did exactly what they were told to do. Well, they, they played it up. And that's the thing is, like, you get the Doom Prophets that are just a little bit too dramatic about it, and Tom and Roseanne, like, they, they fucking went with it, so... I just love him coming over. It's like, it's like, don't get near them. They're bringing him back. And then the bell goes off. It's like, see, I told you, you're going to do a saw or whatever. And like, they, they just kind of run away. I'm like, perfect. That's exactly what you needed. That's all. That's all you needed to do in this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, honorary Franklin award. I can't think of anybody that's like that annoying in this movie to get the Franklin award. Yeah. Um, I'm going to probably give it to the dream, dream demons because a, they didn't need to be in the movie and they just kind of pissed me off like in retrospect. So yeah, dream demons get the fuck out of here. <laughs> GTFO. <laughs> Uh, dumbest moment, uh, kids driving around in circles and getting caught in Springwood, but it's not really their fault. They're like, they can't really escape because Freddy's kind of got them, even though it doesn't make logical sense that he would have that much control over the real world. But still it's, that's probably the dumbest thing in the movie because I mean, they don't really know, like you can't even get mad at Spencer over like smoking the joint and going to sleep because he doesn't know he's never, he's not from Springwood. He wouldn't know that you can't sleep there. Yeah. And then, like, you know, Carlos, I guess, is kind of dumb for, like, going back to sleep. But, I mean, one nightmare doesn't mean that, you know, that he had with the, which was fairly benign, like, with the uh, map doesn't necessarily mean that he was all that, you know, aware that he was going to be in a bad shape if he slept in that town either. So, I mean, it, whatever. The, the, I don't know. The dumbest moment is probably just the retcon on, I mean, you know, Freddie's backstory. They didn't, I mean, if they were going to add in a uh, daughter and, and they, I think they should have done a different way where he was killing the kids at the same time as he was like, you know, had the, the idyllic family life. Yeah. And then whenever they took his daughter, then that could have been like a point of contention. Oh yeah. Know, that would have, that would have made way more sense. Yeah. So I'll give that as the dumbest moment really. Um, all right. What are your rankings of these, these three? Oh, these three. Okay, I almost was going to do the whole series. Uh, well, you can you can do the whole series because technically he's dead and New Nightmare doesn't really take place in the same continuity because it's like supposed to be in the real world, quote unquote. So, so out of these three, I'm going to go with um, five, six, and four. Okay. And okay. then as the whole, well, not whole collection, but you know what I mean, uh, one through six, it's going to be one, two, Five. Oh God! One, two, five. Oh, six, four, three. That's my final answer. I don't know. Are uh, you putting Dream Warriors down that low? <sighs> That's three, huh? Am I thinking? I'm maybe I'm getting them out of sequence. Two is the like gay one. Okay, well, oh, I'm mixing up my two and three, just like I've been doing the whole time. I can't believe yeah. two is so gay. Um, yep. No, switch two with three. So it's going to be okay, one, so two's three. Okay, so at the bottom for you. Yes. There, perfect. So one, three, and which one after that? Five. Five. Six, okay, four, two. Six, four, two. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm gonna put one as the first, as as number one because I mean it it it's got a different feel than the rest of them. It just does. It's yeah. it's classy. It's got a classic horror vibe to it. Uh, 
sets up Freddy in a neat way. I like what Craven did with it. So one's, you know, the goat. Uh, three is my next. It's my favorite. It's actually my favorite to watch all the movies. I mean, I like going back and watching one dog. Get me wrong, but if I just want to have fun, I like three. Yeah. Uh, I would put I would put five after that, and that's that's a that's a for me that is a big upset for everybody out there because I would for years I would have told you that five would have been at the bottom. Yeah. Um. Uh. So one, three, five. Um. I think I'm now. Here's the thing: I, two is really gay in a lot of ways, but I kind of respected the evil way that they portrayed Freddie in that one quite a bit. So I'm going to like. I'm not going. I'm going to bump it up slightly. I'm going to probably put that. I might put that before four, to be honest with you, because I I don't like a lot of the continuity changes they did, and the movie is straight up like I mean it's homosexual subtext. I mean, not that's a bad thing, that's what it is. Yeah. But I like how evil they portrayed Freddie, and he's the most evil in the entire series in that movie. Like, there's no camp to him. Yeah. He's straight up all about killing in that movie. So, uh, so that's entirely upon you know uh, Robert England's performance. But then two, and then I'll give. Four and then six is my last one. So wow, because six just six is bad. Six is real bad. <laughs> I mean, I watched the shit out of his kid, but it, I, it, yeah, it's, it's. I mean, there's no nostalgia goggles for me on that one. It's just I watch it and I'm like, yeah, I can see why I like that as a kid, but I don't like it now. Taste yeah. change. But, uh, and I'm surprised about four because in my mind it held up a lot better. And then until I watched it and I'm like, I see the cracks in this movie, like really bad. You know, it's after the trilogy. They really should stop after trilogies sometimes. That's not always true because five, it's like you have to have four to get to five. You know, it's same thing for uh, for yeah. Friday the 13th. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, the, like you're saying between four, five, and six, like, you know, they should have probably stopped after five. Well, after four, actually, because they killed it off. But if you have six, like, five didn't really need to be there. Like, it's kind of like, you know, that's the same way with four. Like, it's kind of an in-between, but it's but you still needed to, like, have something in between them. Or, yeah, you still had, had to have something there. Well, and then the um, sixes technically have an unfair advantage because they have the advantage of – like technology, improving, uh, better cameras, better editing equipment. Um, in general, they, they, they do have a little bit better of an advantage. So if for them to do horrible, if they will, and you did not like six, uh, that's pretty sad. Well, it's funny, too, because part six of Friday, which, as I've said before, is my favorite of that series, even counting, like, part seven, which has a pretty cool final girl in it. She's a straight-up psychic with, like, carry abilities. But, um, like, six is, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it came out earlier than this movie did, like, because we just said that seven came out the same year that five did of this series. And so, like, they took out, like, I mean, you know, like, this is a whole, like, like two or three years later, like after that. And it still has like, it's worse than like a movie that came out in like the, you know, later half of the eighties. Yeah. Not, that's not good. That's not good at all. Um, and, and I will throw out there, like, I think that 
I think it's it's probably biased to a certain degree because I like the gothic horror stuff quite a bit because as a kid I loved Frankenstein and you know all the you know universal monsters and you get heavy vibes of that in both Friday part six and Nightmare part five so maybe that's why I like them like them a little bit better than some of the other movies in the series yeah I mean I don't know and we clearly in this particular case have different views of what we liked and that's totally fine I mean we we can't be twins, you know. Well, and I mean, I wouldn't expect this to be anyways. I was, uh, uh so I mean, it, it's kind of cool to have a differing opinion to kind of go off of. I yeah, mean, I don't think we're that far apart though. And I mean, most fans of the series do rate either five and six is their lowest typically. I mean, and uh, two tends to be thrown out there, but I think a lot of people went back to two and they appreciate more about that movie than they used to. It's like back in the day, they were like, what the fuck was that? Automatically the worst. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people now are looking back at it with different eyes and they're like, you know, Freddie was kind of cool in that one. Uh, I mean, as far as how evil he was, uh, you know, Mark Patton's character was kind of interesting as a final girl, but as, as a boy, like, I mean, it's, it's an interesting concept, even if it didn't work quite the way that it, that it should have. So, yeah. um, I think, I think that one's more like people's opinions have changed on it versus like, they, they still rate five and six is two of the lowest. And I kind of feel like five is rated unfairly. Like if you go back and watch it and I think it's, I mean, I agree with them to a certain extent, like the idea of the kid and they cut out a lot in the movie, but like you go back and watch it and it, it's, I don't know. I I think it's better than four in some ways. The thing is too, you have to remember about just me in general is that a lot of these I've seen for the first time. Or at least so I thought I was seeing them for the first time. Some of them I'm like, Oh, I'm this going to be my first time watching it. And then I watched it. I was like, Holy shit. I've seen this before, you know? (laughs) So, Repressed memories. It's yeah. like, oh, shit. Uh, yeah, it makes a difference if you're going back to it from a different point of view, too, like if you've seen it for the first time. Because, I mean, you don't really have any, you know, you've not had time to like marinate on it and, like, get a different opinion about, like, how you used to view it. Yeah. Because um, I would say that. I would say that probably about uh, Friday uh, part four, because I mean, I liked it back in the day, you know, with Corey Feldman, cause he was a kid. I was a kid, you know, it, it I liked it for that sense, but like watching it at the time, like, you know, I, I, I was used to undead Jason and we're going back and watching, you know, a live version of him in part four. I didn't appreciate it as much. And like going back and watching it now, I'm like, yeah, four is definitely like six and four are the two best in that series. And I mean, I appreciate Kane Hodder's performance, but they gave him shitty scripts to work off of. Like, we'll get to that when we cover those movies, but like he does a good job as Jason. He's probably one of the best Jasons, but he didn't have a lot to work with. Yeah. You know, um, and then the same thing with Robert England, like he got better at portraying Freddie, but then they didn't give him anything. I mean, they were the ones steering him toward the campy side. I don't think that he made that conscious decision. He wanted the character to be that way. It's just, he was a, you know, actor for hire. So he did whatever they told him to do and he did well, but I'm just saying that's what their plan for Freddie was. Yeah. So anyways, I mean, that's kind of our opinion so far. We'll see how we think about the remake and, um, <laughs> And uh, New Nightmare, which is a meta, like scream-like take on the whole series, which is kind of interesting. Oh um, boy! Kind of uh, Wes Craven's dry run, as it were, before he made Scream. Uh, and then I don't know. I mean, we could include during that. There's like, like I said, there's the the fan-made like short film about like Fred, why Freddie got off on the technicality that uh, 
uh, uh, Nathan Thomas Milner made up that we can watch. Like, I mean, since we're wrapping up, uh, you know, the next time we do the Nightmare on Elm Street movies, we can do that. And then there's also, um, it's available on Tubi, the Freddy's Nightmares uh, series. The very first two episodes, I believe it was, showed the trial that, you know, that they had for Freddy and the, or when he was alive and the reason he got off on the technicality during the trial, which was another take on that whole story. So we could watch and kind of review those two as like just to round out like a third unofficial trilogy is like the kind of the technicality stuff, the short film and that. I don't know. It's I've not discussed it with you, but that's the only thoughts I can think of to kind of, I mean, because there's only two more films technically yeah i mean that that'd be something that i'd be willing to do definitely i mean one of them is literally like 15 20 minutes like the youtube one you know from nathan thomas milner and i mean he he did a pretty good job with it and then like it kind of gives like a a backstory for freddy that fits more with like what the original concept was before freddy's dead altered it yeah and then like the freddy's nightmares was like it was in the height of the uh part four camp so you definitely see that part coming across but i mean it's interesting in a cheesy way to kind of see you know them expand upon his backstory that way yeah i mean we've talked about before how like do we want the backstory but why the fuck not uh it would just be good to compare them and then we can kind of like throw it back to this one and what we thought of like the official canon backstory versus the non-canon tv show versus obviously the non-canon fan film of it you know oh yeah uh and then uh the remake of course which changes the canon all the way around and really heavily leans into the fact that he was a child molester which a lot of people did not like and of course uh jackie earl haley is definitely not robert england as far as his portrayal of the character and and so that whole thing goes on yeah so anyways, I mean, but I don't think we're doing that next. I think we were talking about doing like graduation day and some like uh, college or school themed like prom night and stuff like that next. We've not yeah, really that'd probably be the best out. for May because we have happy death day and everything coming up for our birthday. Mm-hmm. Birthdays. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, and I, let me go to the list real quick. Um. Let's go to our death holler, Channer. Okay, so April, uh, no, sorry, uh, Nightmare Now, oh, May, May I had put Nightmare on Elm Street continued, but here we are in April making that happen. (laughs) So, and then June, all I have is Happy Death Day, Uh, that or I didn't update the notes. So I can update right now, I wonder if it'll let me. Let me just click to it. It'll take me straight to it. There it goes. Okay. <clears throat> a little behind the scenes, a little BTS. Uh, so, May, you said, um, which one again? Uh, prom prom night? Prom night with Jamie Lee Curtis. Graduation day that I think had Linnea Quigley in it. Of course. And, yeah. Oh, well, we got, I mean, this is her season to shine. This is Linnea, what she did. Linnea uh, Tidley's. Linnea Tidley's, yep. Uh and um i'm thinking about putting like is the i mean we, we do those two and then like maybe for the attack of the bees i throw one girls not out or whatever like that's another like you know sorority type slasher or whatever so that that would kind of round that out a little bit and then 
then we still have the, I mean, the end part of May that we could come up with. I don't know. I mean, we could either come back and finish up Nightmare at that point and round the and be done with it entirely, or we could like, you know, circle back to that later. I don't know how you, I mean, it might just be good to get it out of the way and, and move on. Uh, at the end of May, what again? Uh, the nightmare movies, like the the last two, and then like the ones we just talked about, as far as yeah. like the uh, you know, the backstory for Freddy, and then just kind of finish out nightmare, and then after that, once we do Happy Death Day in in June, then we can kind of roll back and then like pick up Candyman because I feel yeah. like we've we've get, we've we've waited long enough. We might as well do the Candyman movies. Yeah, definitely. Are we going to do, there's I, two of them, right? Wait, how many Candymans are there? There's technically three, but I might, but uh, the third one is notoriously like cheap and bad. I might do that as the attack of the bees. And then we cover one and two, which are the, the main, well, there's the remake. I'm not going to watch the remake again. If you want to watch it. And so we can talk about it. That's fine. I just, it's, it's good in concept, but I'm going to tell you it's woke as fuck. Like the last 10 minutes are preaching oh, you like nothing else. So, okay. It's whatever you want to do with that. I'm not going to make you watch it because I, 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 when I watched it, I was like, I like this, like this. So the last 10 minutes, I'm like, I fucking hate you. Why did yeah. you do this to me? Um, so, but there's, but Candyman 1 and 2, the Tony Todd versions, um, I, we definitely need to cover. So. Okay. Yeah. I'm down. And then after that, we can pick up Chucky because why not? <laughs> you know? yeah, why the fuck not? Oh my God. <laughs> Oh, well, no, we can't because after June, we've got to, July 4th, we've got to do the uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer with Jennifer Love Huge Tits because that's her time to shine. Yeah. Because those take place on July 4th weekend. Oh, my God, yes. That's going to be fun, actually. It's gonna. It's been a minute. <laughs> Who do you think you are? <laughs> what do you want from me? Well, apparently, what does do he bounce up and down in the rain with your juggies bouncing everywhere? <laughs> That's what we want. Uh, yeah, and then then we can pick up Charles Lee Ray because then we can dip back into the classic '80s stuff with uh, Chucky. God, I love some of those movies. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that that that's a good plan. And then we'll pick back up, like I said, with Jason back in October. And then of course Michael gets his due because we we've neglected him for far too long. And then he you know go out in his favorite month, like let him shine on his day. So yes, definitely. <laughs> But I think that's got a good plan for it. Anything else besides Leanne to it that you want to plug? Um, no, Leanne to it is still doing their shit on Sunday night. So tonight, actually, they're going to be live. Not like you fuckers know that because you can't hear this live. <laughs> um, but yeah, every Sunday night they're doing their thing. <laughs> and um, they have crazy shit they talk about all the time. Most recently, they talked about uh, a guy that committed suicide because an AI assisted him. Uh, the, it was able to convince him, and obviously he had to have other stuff going on, but it was able to convince him that uh, global warming is going to take the world and that his best way to battle it would be to kill himself. Now, I don't know what AI program this was, but I will tell you very recently on my Snapchat, which I hate Snapchat, by the way. I don't know why I fucking have it. I just want to get rid of it. I'm always sending stuff just to my girlfriend's. It's a good way to send uh, naked photos to them for stuff that you've tried on that you know will disappear. But other than that, like, I don't, it, it's, it's mostly for cheaters. Uh, so that's why I don't like it. 
Anyways, so Snapchat recently, I have to send you a picture, but there I have an AI that you can chat with on Snapchat. One, what's the meaning? Two, I wonder if people are using that. It's called My AI. And three, she looks like a fucking zombie. So hold on, I'll send you a, a picture of her. But it's creepy, dude. Um, I just think it's, uh, I mean, scary in, in, a, in a huge way. I don't know if you heard the story, but chat GTP was trying to access parts of the internet that it was not initially programmed to, uh, get access to. And they had that robot, like, you know, filter on them uh-huh. and it couldn't bypass them. So it actually tricked human beings into bypassing the robot, uh, you know, lock or whatever for it. So it could access those features of the internet. Oh man, that's, that's a real story. I mean, that that's not even like you know, that's not just some like conspiracy theory. It really happened. Damn. <laughs> so yeah, they were talking about that, and I was like, "Fuck this! I don't want to fucking uh uh-uh. uh, <laughs> fucking AI. No, I ain't talking to you. You can talk to yourself, you whore." <laughs> yeah, I just saw the picture you sent. Like, yeah, some weird like uh, emo, like zombie looking person or whatever is your little AI avatar or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, can I just get rid of that? Because, well, you know what, what I really just need to do is I need to get rid of Snapchat. There is no reason I need to trust that Kayla is not going to show. And I don't send her naked pictures, but if I send like a bra picture or, Hey, I got these new chones, you know, I don't know. I don't know why I think my friend, my friend's not going to fucking show anybody. She better not. I'll fucking Kayla. I will. I will get you. Wasn't there the thing for a while, though, that they, they said that you could technically screenshot pictures from Snapchat so it wasn't, like, as protected as they thought it was? I know that I could for a while. So my trick, excuse me, having an i not an iPhone, we have Android, but um, so I could get onto Snapchat. I could go to, I'm trying it right now. I don't think I could do it anymore. Oh, I can do it now. But if I screen, hold on, I'm going to do a screenshot. Well, so you can, on our, on our pixels, we have the ability to minimize our windows but not exactly get out mm-hmm. of them, and it'll still show you what you're looking at. And then I'm going to screenshot right now, and I don't think it tells you. Nope, it does. It says you took a screenshot of chat, so it catches it now. Okay, okay. So it used to not be able to do that. I don't know how you can do that. You can't video record anymore um, because it, it just it, – okay, so you can video record. You know how we can screen record? Um, but it, it doesn't, it makes it completely black. So it's really weird. Uh, let me go to my screen record real quick. Screen record. So like, it'll look like you're recording it. And I'm recording it right now. Hold on. Let me see if it'll do it. But when the video comes up, that's weird. A lot of things are like not disappearing, but it's like going in and out of focus. Okay. Let me stop the screen record. When I go to look at the video, oh, shit, the video records now. It does record it. I, you could screen record now, I guess. And I guess if you pause the screen record, you can. Yeah. So I guess Snapchat isn't. And I don't think Kayla would ever do that to me. But, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't even need Snapchat anymore. Uh, most people, I feel like I know most people to use it for filters. And clearly, I don't use filters. Mm-hmm. I keep saying if I'm ugly, well, I'm they've ugly. Got, they've got TikTok they can use that for now, too. So they don't really need Snapchat for that one purpose. But, yeah. That is true. Yeah, you can get your filters. I don't know. I, I don't. I always I'm too like old. we were too old to be yeah. on that Snapchat anyways. So, like, 
they were like, we've got avatars and yeah, we had avatars back on AOL, AOL chat. Uh, what's your point? Like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's. Technically, you can make avatars on your iPhones and your Androids. I don't partake in it with my Android. I'm just like, whatever. Because I feel like everybody always makes themselves look like a super young version of themselves. And I, it's funny because if you see my Snapchat, uh, I have one of those bitmojis. It actually, the wrinkles that I have in between my eyebrow, I actually have them on my... I put the stuff, like I try to be legit, you know... <laughs> so i don't know it's just funny because I, I, i'm like well i'm i'm old well i'm not old i'm older and i don't want to pretend to be something that i'm not you know that doesn't make me yeah, any well, better I mean, than it, anyone it but i don't have anything to prove yeah people denying their uh, age is kind of cringe when you see it anyways i mean like when a special on tiktok like randomly you'll be scrolling through there i guess if you're on the algorithm i am whatever like if if you don't like scroll past it immediately it starts thinking it's like oh you like half naked women okay uh, which i mean any oh, guys God. obviously look so yeah uh but then they get to the point where they start showing it's like the ones that say like i'm uh, you know, 50 years old and like single, but like I can still pull 20 year olds and like they're, they pop on there and it's like, they're not like, I mean, you, they're fighting their, their age a little bit. Whenever you you see them, you're like, yeah, I mean, you're not bad for 50, but you can tell you're older. Why are you dressing like that? I mean, I don't respect yourself get a little it. Bit. That's, and that's not like a, <laughs> that's not, I forget the word people use. Uh, it's not a flex to be like, you know, oh, I'm I'm older and I can pull younger guys. Well, younger it doesn't guys in general are show them some tits and some some badge, okay? That that's really if everyone's single if that's all you're doing, you know, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's not it's not a flex. You know what I want? I want an old whore. I want an old guy that's been through it. It's been through a few because he's going to know what to do. That 20-year-old doesn't have enough life experience. <laughs> Sorry, he doesn't. Not going to keep my interest. I'm not the most intelligible person in the world, but then I'm not going to be able to discuss horror films with them, let alone anything else, you know? What the fuck does that 20-year-old well, know? It's, it's, it's the same way for guys, even though they won't admit it. I mean, I know guys hook up with younger women and purely for the looks, but whenever you get to talking to them, it's like, yeah, we can't carry on a conversation. She don't know what the fuck I'm talking about half the time, but, you know, she got a banging bod, and it's like, dude, I mean, that's fine yeah. for a hookup, I guess, but you're not going to you're not gonna marry this girl, so why are you in, you know? Yeah, <laughs> I've, I think I've ruined a marriage for, speaking of Leanne into it, I think uh, I've ruined a marriage for my husband. I don't think he'll ever marry again, uh, the poor guy. I mean, he he's like, he says he's happy with me, and that's great. Uh, he has to say that. He'll get the, uh, you know, the little stab stab if he doesn't. But if we were not together, uh, I think that he would be like, nope, I'm going to stay single. He says he wants to have somebody he can have a conversation with, and that's great. But I think he would just be like, I don't even want to deal with the drama of having a woman with their fucking crazy ass personalities. So I think I'll just hook up with whoever will hook up with me and that's you know that's respectable uh <laughs> yeah the poor guy's been through a lot so <laughs> you're 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 a good woman for admitting that so congrats to, to that or whatever hey, so. just like i don't put filters on <laughs> my face i don't put filters on my personality so i call it like i see it yeah i mean 
it's it's better if you don't i mean it just you know you get to a point i i think it's age too it's like you get to a point you're just like i've been through enough i don't care anymore it's yeah. like you see these old people all the time they 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 just they're they're straight shooters and it's like they have nothing to prove and they're not they're not going to fool with it anymore well so. and also for in real life i do wear makeup and i do wear makeup that will uh, alter a little bit what I look like. I mean, it doesn't make me look excessively younger. I still look like myself. But makeup does change things, you know. And I am doing treatments on my face, not surgery or anything like that, that will, it, it slows down the aging process to a degree. And it, it's good. it's just taking care of my skin more than anything. So I will do things for vanity, trust me. But I will not make it so fake that I don't, my eye shape is different and the contour, my cheek, I have cheekbones. I don't have cheekbones, you know? Yeah. So that you look uh, alien like Madonna, you know, going back to that comparison again, it's just like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, God bless. Yeah. That poor woman. Anyways. Uh, Anyways, anything. Anything else we want to say before we get out of here? Uh, no. Um, I, other than I will not ever watch evil dead rising again. Go listen to that review if you want to know the whole deets on that. Uh, Super Mario Brothers was amazing, not Death Holler related. And um, I am glad to almost be over with the Freddy franchise. So <laughs> I'm glad we've made it this far. It, it's it's because of the drop in quality. I have heard, though, that, that and this is funny, I've all those years, and I'm not watching New Nightmares, so this is going to be a fresh watch for me. So me and you together will be seeing this for the first time if you've not already seen it, because New Nightmare was one that came out after I'd kind of lost interest in the Freddy franchise, obviously after six. Yeah. And I was just like, mm. and then I, when I thought about watching it, then Scream came out, and I was like, nope. Craven's got me with this one. That's what yeah, I like, so. for sure. Um, no, I haven't. I don't think I've seen a new nightmare. Is that the newest Freddy Krueger with a different actor? No, that's oh. that's the remake. New okay. New Nightmare had England, but it was it was basically they were filming a Freddy movie, and then like uh, Heather Langenkamp's back as Nancy, and they're and you know Wes Craven's even in it. Like you know, but then like the it's a whole meta thing where the demon version of freddy like the concept of him starts coming out in the in the real world and he starts he kills robert england first and then like takes over you know i guess his body and then like moves through the rest of the cast and like it's like the actual evil and he's very demonic he's like but he goes back to the evil version of freddy but like yeah it's 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 like the 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 topa you know going back to supernatural terms like the idea of freddy manifest itself in reality you know yeah. so um uh, it's it's an interesting concept like i said though he did a better job of the meta thing and scream and so i just never went back and watched new nightmare i'm just like mm, eh, I'm, I'm done I'm, I'm i'm cool i don't really but like you know for the thoroughness of this and i've heard plenty of people say it's actually one of the best in the series outside of the ones we've already mentioned yeah um so i have yet yeah it's to be determined if i've seen it before or not so we'll find out because like i said sometimes i'll be like i never seen this and then it's like oh wait i saw this um he looks a lot more evil in this Oh yeah, they, they, his they, he's got like his eyes are even a different color. Like they've got like the almost like the demonic like red with cat eye type look for him. Like mm-hmm. the whole look is darker in that movie. It looks good, so I don't know. I'm pretty excited. All right, and with that, peace be with you and with your spirit. He's good in the role of Mister Underwood. I don't have a problem with his acting necessarily in that scene. It's not he's only in it for like a split second, but. <laughs>
uh, Alice Cooper knew what he was doing. I mean, he, you know, he, he did good at the part. Um, he's a very smart man too. I don't know if you've ever heard him and like, you know, any kind of like, you know, behind the scenes, like talking about even his own music, but he's very educated. Like you look at Alice Cooper and you hear the music and you think, Oh, he's just one of those dumb, you know, like rock stars, but no, he is very intelligent, like very smart man. Um, I picked that Uh, up when I watched Wayne's world. (laughs) That's true. He does play a pretty like smart person in that one when he's talking to like Wayne uh at the be my Frankenstein yes. or right after he sings that song or whatever yeah Wayne was dumbfounded uh, by him it was like uh <laughs> I didn't even I was like I didn't know Alice Cooper was that smart and I was a fucking kid when I saw that yeah uh that like I saw some interview and he was just out there golfing is just Alice Cooper I yeah mean, like makeup obviously just golfing you know he had the the short white shorts on that you see and like, you know, and, and look the part and they're talking to him and he's just like, you know, I mean, using these like $10 words, and, <laughs> you know, it's just like, man, this guy's, he's smart. He's a really smart individual. And I think he even said like he was a nerd in high school. He was like the valedictorian of his class. So, I mean, like it, it's this whole persona is like a put on, like he's actually kind of a nerdy guy at, at heart. So, I mean, being smart in life, <laughs> Caused him to be Good, smart in terms of, say. yeah, he was able to make money off of, he made smart <laughs> choices. Yeah. And I'm sure that it got all the, you know, the goth freak women, you know, after him or whatever, you know, they, they're like, Oh, be my goth daddy. And here he is. He's just this bookish type that, you know, just has his persona. He's like, all right, fine. You know? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, Peter Jackson was originally hired to write the screenplay for this film. He wrote a draft, but it wasn't used. Uh, his original screenplay had an F, uh, F for Freddie's dad saw an aging Freddie. Uh, you know, Robert England was going to be like, you, you could tell Freddie was older, weaker, uh, uh, was growing weak within the dream world. And actually the teens of Springwood uh, would go on drug fueled uh, slumber parties just for kicks and go into the nightmares just so they could beat the shit out of the Freddie in this one. Um, I actually like the thought of that because it's like you, and the whole point of the movie was, is that he, he doesn't, he's not killed in a while. So he's like lost his mojo. And then he happens by accident to kill one of these kids that comes in there to beat the shit out of him. And he starts to get some power back. And so he started throughout the movie. He grows in power is how the movie was set up. Um, I think that's kind of a cool idea. I don't know what your thoughts are on it, but I mean, it would have been cool. And it, it kind of upsets me a little bit that they didn't go that route. Um, I mean, it, it just puts a different spin on it instead of the same old, same old of like Freddy's like uber powerful and now he's decimated the town. It's like, no, it's like the actual opposite. Whenever he was last defeated, when he tried to come back, he was in such a weakened state that like the, that he, to the rest of the kids, he's just a joke. And so like, he's, it's almost like you, you feel sympathy on the other side because he's trapped there like for whatever reason and like the you know and and they're abusing him and like so he kind of turns the tables it's a different take on it yeah definitely um uh and then of course i mean we can't feel too bad for peter jackson with this up-and-comer like no-name guy because uh (laughs) He, he did make Lord of the Rings eventually with New Line. I mean, you know, so that worked out for both company or both, you know, parties in that situation whenever that happened. He did okay. Uh, well, uh, yeah, he, he's he's okay, folks. Don't worry too much about old Peter Jackson. Um, on September 12th, 1991, a day before the U.S. released the movie, Los Angeles declared it Freddy Krueger Day. What day? Uh, September 12th. Well, interesting. Uh, Kind of funny considering later what would yeah 
September 11th would be, uh, and not in a good way. Uh, New Line Cinema's first film in 3D. A 16-year-old Jacob Johnson, a a son that was born to Alice Johnson in the previous installment, uh, was a major character of the original script written for the movie by Michael Almerita. In his first draft of the film, Alice, now in her 30s, was killed by Freddy, Taryn, uh, Joey, and Kincaid from M Street 3. Dream Warriors also returned as the Dream Police, which is funny because what'd you call them in the last thing? They were the Dream Security Guards? Yes! <laughs> At best. So they were actually, they act, you, you, you couldn't admit, yeah. How smart you are. I mean, like, you you even wrote a script and your mind didn't even realize it. So they came back as the dream police. uh, But in that script, Taryn was a blade cop, Joey was a sound cop, and then Kincaid was the power cop. Uh, Director Rachel Talele was uh, stated that she greatly disliked this original script and that the replacement script by Michael DeLuca saved the day, in quotation marks. Uh, DeLuca also said that he was surprised he wasn't asked to write the screenplay in the first place as he had done a similar last-minute rewrite on Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child, in 89. Uh, well, Sour Grapes, sir, uh, I don't feel like your script in this was that great, so I wouldn't be bragging about it. Yeah, um, and the Air Bunny usage of Save the Day, I mean, it didn't. You don't even deserve the Air Bunnies. No, I mean, I think that's the uh, the executive who got to be a director for a movie, you know, trying to blow smoke, because that's what exe- executives do. They're like, oh, this was fabulous. It was so great. You didn't know, and everybody else is looking around like, is this bitch serious? This was a piece of shit. Yeah. Like, what the fuck is she talking about? Um, John Doe was supposed to be Jacob from the previous film. It was made vague when they couldn't secure the return of Lisa Wilcox. In earlier versions of the script, Freddie absorbed the entire town of Springwood into the dream world before moving on to the next town with the dream police chasing after him. Uh, which that's a cool concept too. I mean, if you're going for an alternate thing, it's like he's he, he's pulled all Springwood but into the dream and now he's trying to move on to the next town and like the dream warriors basically come back and we're fighting him over it or whatever. Um, um, you know what I keep thinking of? I keep, what's that? There's a song from I, either the early 1980s, maybe maybe late 1970s, like 79 at the earliest. I want to say it's by Cheap Trick called The Dream Police. I keep thinking of that stupid song. I don't know if you've ever heard it. It's horrible. I mean, it's not horrible, but it's, it's Cheap Trick, you know? <laughs> Uh, that's probably where they got the, the name because a lot of times these movies, like the script writers will be listening to music and something will pop up and they're like, Dream Police. That's a fucking, that, well, let's make that. You know, it's like, that's probably what happened, to be oh honest. My God. More evidence to John possibly being Jacob is his belief that he can enter Spencer's dream and ability Jacob would have inherited for this mother, Alice. Yeah. Uh, this is the first Nightmare on Elm Street film not to end on a cliffhanger. They for sure kill Freddy in this one, and there's no hint of him coming back. Um, it is the highest opening weekend for the series until the release of Freddy versus Jason in 2003. I mean, yeah. Of course that, but, yeah, I mean, you've got two icons fighting each other. That's what people – we used to – I remember I, – I do remember this back on the playground uh, whenever I was a kid. Uh, we would get outside, and we were like, oh, man, what if, like, Freddy was to fight Jason? Like, how would that even go down? Like, how you know, it's like – and then there would always be the kid. It's like, Jason doesn't dream, so there's no way that they – it's like, yeah, but what if they did? Like, who would – who you know, and, like – and they knew that we had these discussions as kids because whenever they came out with Freddy versus Jason, they're like – you wanted it. Yeah. There you go, kids. You got it. Like, you know, and- They're all on the playground <laughs> listening to you guys just being creepers in the background. 
<laughs> and like Jason doesn't dream, but do you know? Like, do you know Jason's life? Like, you don't know, and you obviously don't care. Like, you don't care what his dreams are. Yeah, I mean, like he might be slumbering down there as he's attached to that rock in the bottom of Crystal, uh, bottom of Crystal Lake. Like, who gives a shit? Like, just have him fight. That's all yeah, we care about. He dreams know? of getting out of there. Fuck. I mean, we we always discuss like, what if Michael was to fight like you know Leatherface? I mean, you know, the whole theory was in that one that, and they actually talked about making that movie, but they couldn't secure the rights to the characters. But um, you know, it was always thought that Leatherface would have the initial advantage because he's way more visceral. But then Michael can't technically die, so he would eventually come back and take Leatherface out. Was the whole theory on that? One. Maybe, so. yeah. Uh, when shown theatrically, audience members were given one pair of red cardboard 3D glasses with movie taglines printed on it. The inside arm had it had, it, had adhesives for attaching the standard glasses, and adver- advertisement for House Party 2 was printed on the outside of the arm. What the fuck? No. <laughs> oh, my God. That explains the shitty rap in this movie, or, uh. you know, hip-hop in this movie. Um they, they were just like trying to like it's like you like the music and Freddie's dead, you're gonna love House Party Two with Kid and Play. Fucking shit. <laughs> no thank you. Uh Rachel Talele is the only woman to direct the Nightmare on Elm Street film, and I'm sorry for all you women out there, including La Urena, but like she did as good a job as what you would expect Hillary Clinton to have done. So oh, she destroyed it for you all. Dirty. <clears throat> Uh, she actually got sick toward the end of the filming schedule. They couldn't uh, delay production to wait for her recovery. So according to Sean Greenblatt, Aaron Warner actually directed the last several hours of the filming of the movie, including the final scene between Freddie and John Doe. I mean, you know, women are always fucking getting sick over something. So, And it takes a man to step in there and finish what they won't do. Yeah. Come on. That's why you become a housewife. You just stay at home and be sick there. <laughs> Of course we kid. There's a plenty of good female directors out there. It's just, she was an executive folks. She wasn't going to do a good job to begin with. They just wanted to crank this thing out for the least amount of money. She was already on the payroll. They didn't have to pay her anything extra to do this. Yeah. Uh, when Freddie punches Tracy in the face during their epic fight, Robert England actually punched Leslie Deanne in the face. What a dick. I knew he was an asshole. <laughs> uh, it was a slip is what they said when in the, uh, never sleep again or whatever it's like the he he went to like do the punches normal but like she wasn't like on her mark or he wasn't on his but anyways it connected when it shouldn't have uh, i think she actually got some cuts because he had the razor on his hand or, or the razor you oh know, yeah uh, and so she got like a few cuts on her face she from had it. to get stitches i read that somewhere Mm -hmm. uh this uh, like i said earlier she believed that she had repressed memories of molestation that came up because of this movie uh in the extended interviews on never sleep again uh lisa zane reveals she wore wrote and performed a james bond-esque end credits ballad similar to tuesday night's opening theme nightmare in part four of the series titled the worst is over but it was not used uh womp womp Uh, they reused most of the crew from John Waters' Crybaby, including Tracy Lord's husband in this movie. Uh, they, yeah, I remember they said that they were going to have like the character that Roseanne played was going to be played by Divine, like you know the crossdresser yeah. back in the day, the the heavyset crossdresser. Like they literally said the entire staff on this was basically John Waters' crew, and it makes sense when you watch the movie because it has that campy John Waters vibe to it. Like, down to the T, it does. Like, yeah. if you've ever watched Crybaby, if you've ever watched Hairspray, 
it's the same kind of mentality that like it seems like went on in this movie. Um, Ricky Dean Logan, the actor who played Carlos, was originally cast as John Doe. The role of Carlos simply spoke to him more, and that was the one for which he lobbied, even though uh, that's not what they thought uh, brought him on to play. And then Sean Greenblatt, Greenblatt then went on to get the part. And he was talking about it, and he, he said that it just there was something about the way that Carlos was portrayed and, like, the, the way that he came from, like, the background he had. It just, it, to him as an actor, he felt more connection with it than he did for the character of John Doe. So kudos to him for, you know, fighting for the part that he wanted, at least. Yeah. He did a good job as Carlos. I don't have a problem with it. Yeah. He's actually, of the kids, I think he was a better one, to be honest. Yeah, I don't have anything bad to say. Um, I don't have anything. I'm kind of neutral. I don't have anything bad or good. Nothing stood out, but... I also don't have anything bad. It's it's middle of the road for most of them. I mean, you know, like breaking Myers, like literally playing like just the, you know, pissed off kid or whatever, you know, from like the nineties. I mean, like he's the standard teenage Brad. I mean, he, nothing major. He just kind of fit in that archetype. So, yeah. Uh, I thought it was weird in this one, though. They, they they went back to two in a sense, and I didn't discuss this earlier, but it's one of the things that everybody I mean, It's like Freddie had a lot more involvement in the real world in this movie. Like uh, whenever uh, Roseanne and Tom were, like, you know, tell, warning them, then the, the school bell went off, and they said, oh, he's back. Like, he, you know, you've brought him back or whatever. Like he's manifesting in the real world in this one way more than he ever did in any of the other ones, and it's kind of weird. I don't know if that's because he's supposed to be so powerful from all the souls that he's collected. But, like, I mean, even whenever the, the three kids were driving around town, it wasn't assumed that they were asleep. They, it's just that they couldn't go anywhere because Freddie wouldn't let them leave. Yeah. Kind of a weird change. So it's another weird retcon to his character. But anyways. Worse than uh, video... when he was at the fucking house party in the pool? Well, yeah, but everybody says that that broke canon. So, yeah. I mean, like, I don't know why they would go back after everybody admitted that was stupid and then, like, mm. Yeah, well, with a little more power, he could do that. It's like, what? Yeah. Uh, okay. <clears throat> the video game system that Freddy Krueger plays is similar to an NES, which featured a Nightmare on Elm Street, 1989, as a video game. What? Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of like that, that uh, Friday the 13th game or whatever that had, like, Purple Jason, you know, falling oh. through the different... I never could do anything with that game. Like I never could figure out the point. It's like I walk inside one room. There was like, you know, his, you would eventually find his mom's head in one of the cabins. And if you did that, he would immediately appear and kill you. But then like, I never could figure out how you were supposed to actually save anybody in that game. Mm. Yeah. I think (laughs) Benny's still trying to figure it out in the current game. So there's that. Uh, Leslie Deanne was in 976 Evil, which was directed by Robert England. That's actually how she got this job because Robert recommended her for this part. So that's nice. kind of cool on him. And then he punched her in the face. Mm-hmm. That's like, I got you this job, bitch. Bitch. <laughs> uh, even though she plays a teenager, Leslie Deanne was 26 at the time of filming. Uh, <laughs> that still makes me think of that line that... Uh, that uh, Nancy had in the first movie. Uh, oh, yeah. Langenkamp's character. She's like, what am I, like 22 or whatever she says? And I look like, like a 20-year-old. Yeah, it's like, come on. You whore. <laughs> uh, Leslie Deanne said in an interview that working with Roseanne and Tom Arnold was a blast and that they were the nicest down-to-earth people. She also said uh, saw them on the phone trying to help an abused girl get out of a horrible situation. Aww. So it's wow. kind of funny I pointed this out recently, uh, and I, it's however you feel politically, but it is what it is. 
uh, if you've seen pictures of Roseanne lately, she actually looks really good. Yeah, she like, aged she, way better. She looks better than she did back when she was in her prime. It's One hundred percent. And they showed her, and then they showed a picture of Madonna, and they, you know, they were talking about like one of these is based and looks really good for her age. The other one is, you know, <laughs> but I was just like, because you know, Roseanne's very conservative, or at least conservative versus Hollywood. She's yeah. probably still, you know, very left versus a lot of other places. But I mean, she's just she's no nonsense. Like that's the reason they hated her so much. Like she would come out there and say something, and then they'd be like, "You're not allowed to say that." And she's like, "Fuck, I am." Yeah. So I just, I thought it was funny, the comparison, because I was like, yeah, they got a good point. Like, Roseanne looks, she looks better now than she did in this movie. So, yeah. Um, uh, let's see. This is the first Elm Street on movie not to have the words Elm Street in the title. That trend would continue for the rest of the series, not counting the 2010 remake. Uh, I'm hoping they bring it back, though, whenever, if the, if it ends up being that the uh, Duffer brothers end up doing the, uh, the, the new one as they're talking about, because they've been in talks with New Line yeah. to uh, possibly, because they did such a good job in the newest season of Stranger Things. I hope that they, uh, in, when they bring Robert England back, that they bring back the title at least for that movie. Yeah. Um, the opening graphic. The opening graphic reveals that the scenes take place in Springwood, Ohio. Previous entries kept the location Vegas to be anywhere in the United States, save for the occasional palm trees in the background due to filming in California. But um, that's the bit of the lore that really stuck with most fans because they're like, okay, it's, you know, Freddy is in Ohio. That's where he's at. Yeah. At around 28 minutes during the scene at Springwood High School, several newspaper clippings and other references to Freddy's victims appear. Also written on the chalkboard is 1945 Hiroshima and Nagasaki attempts fail. So it, to me, that makes it seem like in Freddy's reality, uh, the A-bomb was not dropped. I don't know if that, what butterfly effect that would have on anything, but that's what they basically set up with this one scene is that in Freddy's, uh, parallel universe that he operates in, like you know, World War Two had a different outcome than it did in our reality. Interesting. I don't, I don't know what you would I, make of it. I don't know what you make of it either. It's just I saw that and I'm like, that's weird. But I noticed it when I was watching the movie because I'd seen this first and I saw it say that, and I'm just like, that is really strange that you know, like they went that route. I don't know what they were trying to, what they were trying to paint in that, like, like how that would have affected anything. But yeah. Uh, Lisa Zane's brother Billy Zane was in Back to the Future and Back to the Future Part Two, uh, and had cam and co-starred with Ricky Dean Logan, who played uh, Ricky Dean Logan, who played Carlos in the movie. So, a little bit of connection between Lisa Zane and and Ricky Dean before they ever filmed this. Uh, Leslie Dean and Johnny Depp both appeared on Twenty One Jump Street together. Uh, this film was released in '91, but set in '94 which is hilarious because it's supposed to be set 10 years into the future. So if it's set in 94, I mean, that's, I don't know. It's weird. Like that, that whole opening graphic makes it look like there's a post nuclear America or some kind of bullshit that's went on. Yeah. <clears throat> the only film in the series in which Freddie doesn't kill anyone using his glove, although he gets killed with a glove himself. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Robert England said his favorite killing any of the nightmare on Elm street fi- uh, films comes with uh, in this one. And it's Carlos deaths scene so i mean it's it's pretty fucking effective it it is i gotta give them credit for that um executive meddling a rare after the fact example when the movie was in u.s theaters in 91 it ran 100 and 100 minutes featuring many character moments and introducing uh maggie's foster mother uh doesn't just randomly show up uh near the end of the movie however 
for whatever reasons, New Line Cinema cut the movie down to 88 minutes for all home video releases, which unfortunately is all that's been available to this day. The German version of the movie, while cut down from the 100-minute version, also features many of the scenes removed from the home video version. So interesting. don't know what their thinking was on that because, I mean, you know, it is, I mean, if you're watching it, some, some of the characters just do, and get, like they said, get introduced and disappear as quickly as they, you know, are put on the film. And it's like, why? Why were they even here? You know, like they serve no purpose. Yeah. Uh, the producers plan a spinoff film in which Freddy Krueger's spirit possesses the body of his daughter, Maggie Burroughs, uh, and then she continues her father's murderous killing spree, but that movie never came to fruition. Thank, Thank God. God. Ah, jinx. <laughs> uh, excluding flashbacks, this is the only nightmare movie in which no female characters die. All the victims are male. Boo. Equality, folks. You gotta have it. You gotta love it. Uh, sad, uh, said to take place 10 years from now, the official A Nightmare on Elm Street uh, website's timeline opted for 99 in place of 2001, despite the release date of the film in 91, taking 10 years from now to refer to the conclusion of Nightmare on Elm Street, The Dream Child. This actually impacts the placement of Jason Goes to Hell, since Jason or Freddy Krueger's claw emerged from the portal of hell at the end of that movie to seize Jason's hockey mask. This indicates that the defeat of Freddy in this film preceded the events uh, of Jason Goes to Hell on the final Friday. So basically they're saying this movie takes place 10 years from now in 2000, but then uh, Jason Goes to Hell takes place in 93. So at that point, yeah, New Line didn't care. I'm just telling you. They uh, just didn't give two shits. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Um, has the same body count as the Nightmare on Street, the Dream Child, uh, three victims in each one, the lowest of the series. Boo. Um, Death Holler Awards. What do we think about Maggie Burroughs, a.k.a. Catherine Kruger, in this movie? I mean, they they just had to have a final girl. So, she's there. Yeah, she she's a final girl. Yeah. Um, doesn't win any awards for anything, in my opinion. She's, I mean, she's... Blood of a serial killer, but uh, Craven him well not Craven himself. I guess it's the guys who took over for Craven, but they did they do it better than Scream, folks. Like uh, that, I, I like the idea of like uh, Billy's uh, uh, bastard daughter uh, being like you know uh, final girl in the new Scream movies better, and I like the way that they did this one. Yeah, uh, Freddy, he's cartoon Freddy in this one, like to the utmost degree. Um, I think the mask looks better in this film than it did in the fourth and the fifth for some reason. Well, he didn't have a mask in the fourth, but like I think in the fifth, that's when he started wearing the mask and it was like loose. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. it definitely got a lot better. Like I was like, oh my God. I was like, I was expecting it to look as shitty as it did in, you know, part five. It Definitely, they. I don't know if they tightened it up or what they did. It was sticking to his face a lot better. <clears throat> yeah, I think they might have like just figured out like the the best way to get that application to like fit his face or something at that point. But yeah, yeah you're you're right. I mean, even if I didn't like the, I mean, necessarily how it looked as much as like previous versions when it was like actually. Uh, done more wholesale like it, it at least this one's a little bit better than the one that they used previously yeah uh best kill in the movie um 
Uh, Carlos is a good one. I, I hate to rule him out. He's a, definitely an honorary mention, but for me, I like Spencer just because of, I mean, uh, the fact that it's, you're never going to get another serial or another slasher who's going to be able to kill people inside of a video game. Like, that's just like out there, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was definitely, it was Carlos for me only because I could feel the pain. And I'm surprised <laughs> it's not for you because you've actually had something in your ear. I have not. So, well, like I said, it's a definitely honorary mention and like it, you know, it, it has more of an effect on me. Like I, you know, but I just visually, I think Spencer stands out more just because even with the shitty graphics, like the yeah. concept of like using like the video games rules against him or whatever was just an interesting concept. It's, it's pretty funny. Uh, Spencer was the one, oh yeah, he's in the video game. And then there was John Doe with the parachute. That was just laughable, but Okay. Uh, best Freddy one-liner. Now I'm playing with power. <laughs> you know what? I had one. Hold on. Uh, let me go to my thing here. It was Kung Fu this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember that. Yeah, th that's pretty good, too. Uh, yeah. And you got to throw the bitch in there at the end of it. That yeah. That's great. Uh, he's got to say bitch, but yeah. Uh, best scream in the movie. Um, I'm giving that to... Uh, Tracy or whatever, because, uh, I think she's like, I can't remember which scene it was that, that uh, where she specifically, you know, where I, I saw that, but like, she's the one that actually like had a moment where she screamed and like either frustration or like, you know, shock, you know, like, uh, finding her friends were dead. And like, she's the one that really stood out in this movie. Like Lisa didn't really, or, you know, like Lisa Zane really didn't react to anything. It's Maggie. And then, um, there really wasn't, I mean, like, Carlos himself was probably a close second for screaming, you know, with the pain. Yeah. That's the only one that, that really stood out in this movie. Yeah. Um, other than Carlos, in my opinion, I don't, not a lot of them stood out. So, yeah, it's for me, it's going to be Carlos, uh, but Tracy for you. Uh, best boobs, Linnea Quigley, again, oh because God. they show that montage at the end of the movie of all the ways that Freddie has died. Uh, and they uh, happen to show the the nice little scene with uh, those tatas pushing out of the uh, literally you know, her bust chest. busting through. So yeah, yes. Um, <clears throat> they even mentioned that on Never Sleep Again. They's like, uh, yeah, they's like we was going through there and like we had to include that great scene. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know you had to include it. You you had to get the the boob count up because nobody in this movie probably agreed to it. And they were like, well, we have this old footage. Why not reuse it? Uh, well, we get it. Best side character. Yeah. Best side character. Uh, I'm going to give it to Mr. Underwood because it's Alice Cooper. I mean, come on. He, you know. Uh, anybody that stood out as a side character for you in this um, one? No. I actually, I'm going to agree with you because I, I don't really think about side characters a lot for some reason. It's like every time I'm watching these, I'm not thinking about it. Uh, but I can't think of, based off all the characters, which we have the list of in front of us, I can't think of anyone better. And I'm laying, I'm looking at Linnea Quigley's boobs right now. I was slightly distracted. I don't even. I don't, I don't even know how you're talking right now. Uh, you, you. I mean, congratulations on that. Because I'm That's a woman, and they're not super impressive to me. But I respect <laughs> that as a male, they are in their natural. At least they look natural. The pictures I'm looking at. Um, I don't know about this movie though. Savage Streets. They don't look real. There, they're fake. They look fake. Anyways. Um, uh, yeah. Savage Streets, I think she did with, uh, oh, 
uh, who's the one in uh, oh, I don't know why I'm blanking her name, the lady who was in The Exorcist. What's uh, that played the the Reagan in that one? Linda, the uh, Linda, Linda Blair. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure Savage Streets has a, and a lot of people quote that because Linda Blair, like I guess to get away from her like childlike image, like really like was like showing off her body in that movie too. So that's like with that that movie's known for that, like you know the two of them together like being in that yeah kind of exploitation type movie. Uh, how annoying is the Doom Prophet? I, I absolutely love Tom Arnold and Roseanne Barr's Doom Prophets. Like, they yeah. were the crazy Doom Prophets that you want in a movie, and they did exactly what they were told to do. Well, they, they played it up. And that's the thing is, like, you get the Doom Prophets that are just a little bit too dramatic about it, and Tom and Roseanne, like, they, they fucking went with it, so... I just love him coming over there. It's like, it's like, don't get near them. They're bringing him back. And then the bell goes off. It's like, see, I told you, you're going to do him a saw or whatever. And like, they, they just kind of run away. I'm like, perfect. That's exactly what you needed. That's all. That's all you needed to do in this movie. Yeah. Um, uh, honorary Franklin award. I can't think of anybody that's like that annoying in this movie to get the Franklin award. Yeah. Um, I'm going to probably give it to the dream, dream demons because a, they didn't need to be in the movie and they just kind of pissed me off like in retrospect. So yeah. dream demons get the fuck out of here. <laughs> GTFO. <laughs> uh dumbest moment uh kids driving around in circles and getting caught in springwood but it's not really their fault they're like they can't really escape because freddy's kind of got them even though it doesn't make logical sense that he would have that much control over the real world but still it's that's probably the dumbest thing in the movie because i mean they don't really know like you can't even get mad at spencer over like smoking the joint and going to sleep because he doesn't know he's never he's not from springwood he wouldn't know that you can't sleep there yeah and then, like, you know, Carlos, I guess, is kind of dumb for, like, going back to sleep. But, I mean, one nightmare doesn't mean that, you know, that he had with the, which was fairly benign, like, with the uh, map doesn't necessarily mean that he was all that, you know, aware that he was going to be in a bad shape if he slept in that town either. So, I mean, it, whatever. The, the, I don't know. The dumbest moment is probably just the retcon on I mean, you know, Freddie's backstory. They didn't, I mean, if they were going to add in a uh, daughter and, and th- I think they should have done a different way where he was killing the kids at the same time as he was like, you know, had the, the idyllic family life. Yeah. And then whenever they took his daughter, then that could have been like a point of contention. Oh yeah. Know, that would have, that would have made way more sense. Yeah. So I'll give that as the dumbest moment really. Um, all right. What are your rankings of these, these three? Oh, these three. Okay, I almost was going to do the whole series. Uh, well, you can you can do the whole series because technically he's dead and New Nightmare doesn't really take place in the same continuity because it's like supposed to be in the real world, quote unquote. So, so out of these three, I'm going to go with um, five, six, and four. Okay. And okay. then as the whole, well, not whole collection, but you know what I mean, uh, one through six, it's going to be one, two, five... Oh God! One, two, five. Oh, six, four, three. That's my final answer. I don't know. Are uh, you putting Dream Warriors down that low? <sighs> That's three, huh? Am I thinking? I'm maybe I'm getting them out of sequence. Two I is the like, gay one. Gay one. Oh, I'm mixing up my two and three, just like I've been doing the whole time. I can't believe yeah. two is so gay. Uh, yep. No, switch two with three. So it's going to be okay, one, so two's three. Okay, so two's at the bottom for you. Yes. 
There, perfect. So one, three, and which one after that? Five. Five. Six, okay. Four, two. Six, four, two. Okay. Um. Yeah, I'm going to put one as the first, as as number one because I mean it. It, it's got a different feel than the rest of them. It just does. It's, yeah. it's classy. It's got a classic horror vibe to it. Uh, sets up Freddy in a neat way. I like what Craven did with it. So one's, you know, the goat. Uh, three is my next. It's my favorite. It's actually my favorite to watch all the movies. I mean, I like going back and watching one dog. Get me wrong, but if I just want to have fun, I like three. Yeah. Uh, I would put... I would put five after that, and that's that's a that's a for me that is a big upset for everybody out there because I would for years I would have told you that five would have been at the bottom. Yeah. Um. Uh. So one, three, five. Um. I think I'm now. Here's the thing: I, two is really gay in a lot of ways, but I kind of respected the evil way that they portrayed Freddie in that one quite a bit. So I'm going to like. I, I'm not going. I'm going to bump it up slightly. I'm going to probably put that. I might put that before four, to be honest with you, because I I don't like a lot of the continuity changes they did, and the movie is straight up like I mean, it's homosexual subtext. I mean, not that's a bad thing. That's what it is. Yeah. But I like how evil they portrayed Freddy, and he's the most evil in the entire series in that movie. Like, there's no camp to him. Yeah. He's straight up all about killing in that movie. So. Uh, so that's entirely upon, you know, uh, Robert England's performance, but then two, and then I'll give four and then six is my last one. So, wow. Cause six, just six is bad. Six is real bad. <laughs> I mean, I watched the shit out of his kid, but it, I, it's, yeah. it's, I mean, there's no nostalgia goggles for me on that one. It's just, I watch it and I'm like, yeah, I can see why I like that as a kid, but I don't like it now. Taste yeah. change. Uh, and I'm surprised about four because in my mind it held up a lot better and then until I watched it and I'm like I see the cracks in this movie like really bad you know it's after the trilogy they really should stop after trilogies sometimes that's not always true because five it's like you have to have four to get to five you know it's same thing for uh yeah. for Friday the 13th yeah, yeah, uh, like, yeah, the, like you're saying between four, five, and six, like, you know, they should have probably stopped after five, well, after four, actually, because they killed it off, but if you have six, like, five didn't really need to be there, like, it's kind of like, you know, that's the same way with four, like, it's kind of an in-between, but it's, but you still needed to, like, have something in between them, or, yeah, you, know, you still had, had to have something there. Well, and then the um, sixes technically have an unfair advantage, because they have the advantage of like technology, improving, uh, better cameras, better editing equipment. Um, in general, they, 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 they do have a little bit better of an advantage. So if for them to do horrible, if they will, and you did not like six, uh, th that's pretty sad. Well, it's funny, too, because part six of Friday, which, as I've said before, is my favorite of that series, even counting like part seven, which has a pretty cool final girl in it. She's a straight up psychic with like carry abilities. But um, like six is, uh, you know, it, it, it's it came out earlier than this movie did, like because we just said that seven came out the same year that five did of this series. And so like they took out like, I mean, you know, like this is a whole like like two or three 
years later, like after that, and it still has like, it's worse than like a movie that came out in like the, you know, later half of the eighties. Yeah. Not, that's not good. That's not good at all. Um, and, and I will throw out there, like, I think that, I think it's, it's probably biased to a certain degree because I like the Gothic horror stuff quite a bit because that, as a kid, I loved Frankenstein and, you know, all the, you know, universal monsters and you get heavy vibes of that in both Friday part six and nightmare part five. So maybe that's why I like them, like them a little bit better than some of the other movies in the series. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. And we clearly in this particular case have different views of what we liked and that's totally fine. I mean. We we can't be twins, you know. Well, and I mean, I wouldn't expect this to be anyways. I was, uh, uh so I mean, it, it's kind of cool to have a differing opinion to kind of go off of. I yeah, mean, I don't think we're that far apart though. And I mean, most fans of the series do rate either five and six is their lowest typically. I mean, and uh, two tends to be thrown out there, but I think a lot of people went back to two and they appreciate more about that movie than they used to. It's like back in the day, they were like, what the fuck was that? Automatically the worst. <laughs> yeah. But a lot of people now are looking back at it with different eyes and they're like, you know, Freddie was kind of cool in that one. Uh, I mean, as far as how evil he was, uh, you know, Mark Patton's character was kind of interesting as a final girl, but as, as a boy, like, I mean, it's, it's an interesting concept, even if it didn't work quite the way that it, that it should have. So, yeah. um, I think, I think that one's more like people's opinions have changed on it versus like they, they still rate five and six is two of the lowest. And, I kind of feel like five is rated unfairly. Like if you go back and watch it and I think it's most, I mean, I agree with them to a certain extent, like the idea of the kid and they cut out a lot in the movie, but like you go back and watch it and it it's, I don't know. I, I think it's better than four in some ways. The thing is too, you have to remember about just me in general is that I, a lot of these I've seen for the first time. Or at least so I thought I was seeing them for the first time. Some of them I'm like, Oh, I'm this going to be my first time watching it. And then I watched it. I was like, Holy shit. I've seen this before, you know? <laughs> So, repressed memories. It's yeah. Like, oh, shit. <clears throat> yeah, it makes a difference if you're going back to it from a different point of view, too. Like if you've seen it for the first time, because I mean, you don't really have any, you know, you've not had time to like, marinate on it and like get a different opinion about like how you've used to view it. Yeah. Because um, I would say that. I would say that probably about uh, Friday uh, part four, because I mean, I liked it back in the day, you know, with Corey Feldman, cause he was a kid. I was a kid, you know, it, it I liked it for that sense, but like watching it at the time, like, you know, I, I, I was used to undead Jason and we're going back and watching, you know, a live version of him in part four. I didn't appreciate it as much. And like going back and watching it now, I'm like, yeah, four is definitely like six and four are the two best in that series. And I mean, I appreciate Kane Hodder's performance, but they gave him shitty scripts to work off of. Like, we'll get to that when we cover those movies, but like he does a good job as Jason. He's probably one of the best Jasons, but he didn't have a lot to work with. Yeah. You know, um, and then the same thing with Robert England, like he got better at portraying Freddie, but then they didn't give him anything. I mean, they were the ones steering him toward the campy side. I don't think that he made that conscious decision. He wanted the character to be that way. It's just, he was a, you know, actor for hire. So he did whatever they told him to do and he did well, but I'm just saying that's what their plan for Freddie was. Yeah. So anyways, I mean, that's kind of our opinion so far. We'll see how we think about the remake and, um, <laughs> And uh, New Nightmare, which is a 
did a like scream like take on the whole series, which is kind of interesting. Um, oh boy, kind of uh, Wes Craven's dry run, as it were, before he made Scream. Uh, and then I don't know. I mean, we could include during that. There's like, like I said, there's the the fan made like short film about like Fred, why Freddie got off on the technicality that uh, 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 Nathan Thomas Milner made up that we could watch. Like, I mean, since we're wrapping up, uh, you know, the next time we do the Nightmare on Elm Street movies. We can do that. And then there's also, um, it's available on Tubi, the Freddy's Nightmares uh, series. The very first two episodes, I believe it was, showed the trial that, you know, that they had for Freddy and the, or when he was alive and the reason he got off on the technicality during the trial, which was another take on that whole story. So we could watch and kind of review those two as like just around that, like a third unofficial trilogy is like the kind of the technicality stuff, the short film and that. I don't know. It's, I've not discussed it with you, but that's the only thoughts I can think of to kind of, I mean, cause there's only two more films technically. Yeah. I mean, that, that'd be something that I'd be willing to do. Definitely. I mean, one of them is literally like 15, 20 minutes, like the YouTube one, you know, from Nathan Thomas Milner. And I mean, he, he did a pretty good job with it. And then like, it kind of gives like a, a backstory for Freddie that fits more with like what the original concept was before Freddie's dead altered it. Yeah. And then like the Freddie's nightmares was like, it was in the height of the, uh, part four camp so you definitely see that part coming across but i mean it's interesting in a cheesy way to kind of see you know them expand upon his backstory that way yeah i mean we've talked about before how like do we want the backstory but why the fuck not uh it would just be good to compare them and then we can kind of like throw it back to this one and what we thought of like the official canon backstory versus the non-canon tv show versus obviously the non-canon fan film of it you know oh yeah uh and then uh the remake of course which changes the canon all the way around and really heavily leans into the fact that he was a child molester which a lot of people did not like and of course uh jackie earl haley is definitely not robert england as far as his portrayal of the character and and so that whole thing goes on yeah so anyways, I mean, but I don't think we're doing that next. I think we were talking about doing like graduation day and some like uh, college or school themed like prom night and stuff like that next. We've yeah, not really that'd probably be the best up. for May because we have happy death day and everything coming up for our birthday. Mm-hmm. Birthdays. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I mean, and I, let me go to the list real quick. Um. Let's go to our death holler, Channer. Okay, so April, uh, no, sorry, uh, Nightmare on Elm oh, May, May, I had put Nightmare on Elm Street continued, but here we are in April making that happen. <laughs> so, and then June, all I have is Happy Death Day, uh, that or I didn't update the notes, so I can update right now, I wonder if it'll let me. Let me just click to it. It'll take me straight to it. There it goes. Okay. A little behind the scenes, a little BTS. Uh, So May, you said, um, which one again? Uh, Prom prom night? Prom night with Jamie Lee Curtis. Graduation day that I think had Linnea Quigley in it. Of course. Yeah. I mean, this is her season to shine. This is what she did. Linnea Uh, Tiddley's. Linnea Tiddley's, yep. Uh, and um, 
I'm thinking about putting like as the, I mean, we, we do those two and then like maybe for the attack of the bees, I throw one girls night out or whatever. Like that's another like, you know, sorority type slasher or whatever. So that, that would kind of round that out a little bit. And then, uh, and then we still have the, I mean, the, the end part of May that we could come up with. I don't know. I mean, we could either come back and finish up nightmare at that point and round the, and be done with it entirely. Or we could like, you know, circle back to that later. I don't know how you, I, I mean, it might just be good to get it out of the way and, and move on. Uh, at the end of May, what again? Uh, the nightmare movies, like the the last two. And then like the ones we just talked about as far as yeah. like the, uh, you know, backstory for Freddie and then just kind of finish out nightmare. And then after that, once we do happy death day in, in June, then we can kind of roll back and then like pick up Candyman Cause I feel yeah. like we've, we've gave, we've, we've waited long enough. We might as well do the Candyman movies. Yeah, definitely. Are we going to do, there's I, two of them, right? Wait, how many Candymans are there? There's technically three, but I might, but uh, the third one is notoriously like cheap and bad. I might do that as the attack of the bees. And then we cover one and two, which are the, the main, well, there's the remake. I'm not going to watch the remake again. If you want to watch it. And so we can talk about it. That's fine. I just, it's, it's, good in concept but i'm gonna tell you it's woke as fuck like the last 10 minutes are preaching uh, you like nothing else okay so it's whatever you want to do with that i'm not going to make you watch it because I, I, I when i watched it i was like i like this like this all so the last 10 minutes i'm like i fucking hate you why did yeah. you do this to me um so but there's but Candyman one and two the tony todd versions um I, we definitely need to cover so okay yeah i'm down and then after that, we can pick up Chucky because why not? <laughs> you know? Why the fuck not? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, well, no, we can't because after June, we've got to July 4th. We've got to do the uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer with Jennifer Love Huge Ticks because that's her time to shine. Yeah. Because those take place on July 4th weekend. Oh, my God. Yes, that's going to be fun, actually. it's gonna. It's been a <laughs> minute. Who do you think you are? <laughs> What do you want from me? Well, apparently what to see bounce up and down in the rain with your juggies bouncing everywhere. <laughs> That's what we want. Uh, yeah, and then, then we can pick up Charles Lee Ray because then we can dip back into the classic 80s stuff with uh, Chucky. God, I love some of those movies. Yeah. Um but yeah, that that that's a good plan, and then we'll pick back up, like I said, with Jason back in October, and then of course Michael gets his due because we we've neglected him for far too long, and then he you know go out in his favorite month, like let him shine on his day. So yes, definitely. <laughs> but I think that's got a good plan for it. Anything else besides Leanne to it that you want to? Um. Plug? No, Leanne Tewitt is still doing their shit on Sunday night. So tonight, actually, they're going to be live. Not like you fuckers know that because you can't hear this live. Um, but yeah, every Sunday night they're doing their thing. And um, they have crazy shit they talk about all the time. Most recently, they talked about uh, a guy that committed suicide because an AI assisted him. Uh, they, it was able to convince him. And obviously, he had to have other stuff going on. But... It was able to convince him that uh, global warming is going to take the world and that his best way to battle it would be to kill himself. Now, I don't know what AI program this was, but I will tell you very recently on my Snapchat, which I hate Snapchat, by the way. I don't know why I fucking have it. I just want to get rid of it. I'm always sending stuff just to my girlfriends. 
it's a good way to send uh, naked photos to them for stuff that you've tried on that you know will disappear. But other than that, like I don't, it, it's it's mostly for cheaters. Uh, so that's why I don't like it. Anyways, so Snapchat recently, it, I have to send you a picture, but there I have an AI that you can chat with on Snapchat. One, what's the meaning? Two, I wonder if people are using that. It's called My AI. And three, she looks like a fucking zombie. So hold on, I'll send you a, a picture of her. But it's creepy, dude. Um, I just think it's, I mean, scary in, in, a, in a huge way. I don't know if you heard the story, but chat GTP was trying to access parts of the internet that it was not initially programmed to uh, get access to. And they had that robot, like, you know, filter on them uh-huh. and it couldn't bypass them. So it actually tricked human beings into bypassing the robot, uh, you know, lock or whatever for it. So it could access those features of the internet. Oh man, that's, that's a real story. I mean, that that's not even like you know, that's not just some like conspiracy theory. It really happened. Damn. So yeah, they were talking about that, and I was like, "Fuck this! I don't want to fucking uh-uh, <laughs> fucking AI. No, I ain't talking to you. You can talk to yourself, you whore." <laughs> yeah, I just saw the picture you sent. Like, yeah, some weird like uh, emo like zombie looking person or whatever is your little AI avatar or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, can I just get rid of that? Because, well, you know what, what I really just need to do is I need to get rid of Snapchat. There is no reason I need to trust that Kayla is not going to show. And I don't send her naked pictures, but if I send like a bra picture or, Hey, I got these new chones, you know, I don't know. I don't know why I think my friend, my friend's not going to fucking show anybody. She better not. I'll fucking I'll, Kayla. I will. I will get you. Wasn't there the thing for a while, though, that they, they said that you could technically screenshot pictures from Snapchat so it wasn't, like, as protected as they thought it was? I know that I could for a while. So my trick, excuse me, having an i not an iPhone, we have Android. But um, so I could get onto Snapchat. I could go to, I'm trying it right now. I don't think I could do it anymore. Oh, I can do it now. But if I screen, hold on, I'm going to do a screenshot. Well, so you can, on our on our pixels, we have the ability to minimize our windows but not exactly get out mm -hmm. of them, and it'll still show you what you're looking at. And then I'm going to screenshot right now, and I don't think it tells you. Nope, it does. It says you took a screenshot of chat, so it catches it now. Okay, okay. So it used to not be able to do that. I don't know how you can do that. You can't video record anymore um, because it, it just it, – okay, so you can video record. You know how we can screen record? Um, but it, it doesn't, it makes it completely black. So it's really weird. Uh, let me go to my screen record real quick. Screen record. So like, it'll look like you're recording it. And I'm recording it right now. Hold on. Let me see if it'll do it. But when the video comes up, that's weird. A lot of things are like not disappearing, but it's like going in and out of focus. Okay. Let me stop the screen record. When I go to look at the video, oh, shit, the video records now. It does record it. I, you could screen record now, I guess. And I guess if you pause the screen record, you can, yeah. So I guess Snapchat isn't. And I don't think Kayla would ever do that to me. But, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't even need Snapchat anymore. Uh, most people, I feel like I know most people to use it for filters. And clearly, I don't use filters. 
Mm-hmm. I keep saying if I'm ugly, well, I'm they've ugly. Got, they've got TikTok they can use that for now too. So they don't really need Snapchat for that one purpose. But yeah. That is true. Yeah. You can get your filters. I don't know. I, I don't. I always I'm felt too like old. we were too old to be yeah. on that Snapchat anyways. So like that point they were like, like we've got avatars and yeah. We had avatars back on AOL AOL chat. Uh, uh, what's your point? Like, yeah, I mean, you know, it's technically you can make avatars on your iPhones and your Androids. I don't partake in it with my Android. I'm just like whatever because I feel like everybody always makes themselves look like a super young version of themselves. And I, it's funny because if you see my Snapchat, uh, I have one of those Bitmojis. It actually the wrinkles that I have in between my eyebrow, I actually have them on my. I put the stuff, like, I try to be legit, you know? <laughs> so, I don't know. It's just funny. Because I, I, I'm like, well, I'm I'm old. Well, I'm not old. I'm older. And I don't want to pretend to be something that I'm not, you know? That doesn't make me yeah, any well, better I mean, than it, anyone, it but I don't have anything to prove. Yeah. People denying their uh, age is kind of cringe when you see it anyways. I mean, like, when a special on TikTok, like, randomly you'll be scrolling through there, I guess, if you're on the algorithm I am, whatever. Like, if if you don't, like, scroll past it immediately, it starts thinking, it's like, oh, you like half-naked women, okay. Uh, which, I mean, any guys oh, want to obviously look. So, yeah. Uh, but then they get to the point where they start showing it's, like, the ones that say, like, I'm, uh, you know, 50 years old and, like, single, but, like, I can still pull 20-year-olds and, like, they're, they pop on there and it's, like, they're not like, I mean, you, they're fighting their their age a little bit. Whenever you're, you see them, you're like, yeah, I mean, you're not bad for 50, but you can tell you're older. Why are you dressing like that? I mean, I don't respect yourself get a little it. bit. That's, and that's not like a, that's not, I forget the word people use. Uh, it's not a flex to be like, you know, oh, I'm, I'm older and I can pull younger guys. Well, younger, it doesn't, guys in general are... Show them some tits and some some badge, okay? That that's really, if everyone's single, if that's all you're doing, you know, yeah, yeah, of course, it's not, it's not a flex. You know what I want? I want an old whore. I want an old guy that's been through it, it's been through a few because he's gonna know what to do. That twenty year old doesn't have enough life experience. <laughs> Sorry, he doesn't. Not gonna keep my interest. I'm not the most intelligible person in the world, but then I'm not gonna be able to discuss horror films with them let alone anything else, you know? What the fuck does that 20-year-old well, know? It's, it's it's the same way for guys, even though they won't admit it. I mean, I know guys hook up with younger women and purely for the looks, but whenever you get to talking to them, it's like, yeah, we can't carry on a conversation. She don't want the fuck I'm talking about half the time, but, you know, she got a banging bod. And it's like, dude, I mean, that's fine yeah. for a hookup, I guess, but you're not going to you're not gonna marry this girl, so why are you in, you know? Yeah, I've, I think I've ruined marriage for, speaking of Leanne into it, I think uh, I've ruined marriage for my husband. I don't think he'll ever marry again, uh, the poor guy. I mean, he he's like, he says he's happy with me, and that's great. Uh, he has to say that. He'll get the, you know, the little stab stab if he doesn't. But if we were not together, uh, I think that he would be like, nope, I'm going to stay single. He says he wants to have somebody he can have a conversation with, and that's great. But I think he would just be like, I don't even want to deal with the drama of having a woman with their fucking crazy-ass personalities. <laughs> so I think I'll just hook up with whoever will hook up with me. And that's, you know, that's respectable. 
<laughs> yeah. There's... The poor guy's been through a lot, so. <laughs> you're 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 a good woman for admitting that so congrats to to that or whatever just like i don't put filters on my face i don't put filters on my personality so i call it like i see it yeah i mean it's it's better if you don't i mean it just you know you get to a point i i think it's age too it's like you get to a point you're just like i've been through enough i don't care anymore yeah you see these old people all the time they 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 just they're they're straight shooters and it's like they have nothing to prove and they're not they're not going to fool with it anymore well and also for in real life i do wear makeup and i do wear makeup that will uh, alter a little bit what I look like. I mean, it doesn't make me look excessively younger. I still look like myself. But makeup does change things, you know. And I am doing treatments on my face, not surgery or anything like that, that will, it, it slows down the aging process to a degree. And it, it's good. it's just taking care of my skin more than anything. So I will do things for vanity, trust me. But I will not make it so fake that I don't my eye shape is different and the contour my cheek I have cheekbones I don't have cheekbones you know yeah so that you look yeah alien like Madonna you know going back to that comparison again it's just like what the fuck is wrong with you like god bless yeah that poor woman anyways Uh, anyways anything Anything else we want to say before we get out of here uh no um I other than I will not ever watch Evil Dead Rising again Go listen to that review if you want to know the whole deets on that. Uh, Super Mario Brothers was amazing, not Death Holler related. And um, I am glad to almost be over with the Freddy franchise. So <laughs> I'm glad we've made it this far. It, it's it's because of the drop in quality. I have heard, though, that, that and this is funny, I've all those years, and I'm not watching New Nightmares, so this is going to be a fresh watch for me. So me and you together will be seeing this for the first time if you've not already seen it because New Nightmare was one that came out after I'd kind of lost interest in the Freddy franchise, obviously after six. Yeah. And I was just like, mm. And then I, when I thought about watching it, then Scream came out, and I was like, nope. Craven's got me with this one. That's what yeah, I like, so. for sure. Um, no, I haven't. I don't think I've seen a new nightmare. Is that the newest Freddy Krueger with a different actor? No, that's oh. that's the remake. New okay. New Nightmare had England, but it was it was basically they were filming a Freddy movie, and then like uh, Heather Langenkamp's back as Nancy, and they're and you know Wes Craven's even in it. Like you know, but then like the it's a whole meta thing where the demon version of freddy like the concept of him starts coming out in the in the real world and he starts he kills robert england first and then like takes over you know i guess his body and then like moves through the rest of the cast and like it's like the actual evil and he's very demonic he's like he goes back to the evil version of freddy but like yeah it's 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 like the 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 topa you know going back to supernatural terms like the idea of freddy manifest itself in reality you know yeah. so uh, it's it's an interesting concept like i said though he did a better job of the meta thing and scream and so i just never went back and watched new nightmare i'm just like mm, eh, I'm, I'm done I'm, I'm i'm cool i don't really but like you know for the thoroughness of this and i've heard plenty of people say it's actually one of the best in the series outside of the ones we've already mentioned yeah um so i have yet yeah it's to be determined if i've seen it before or not so we'll find out because like i said sometimes i'll be like i never seen this and then it's like oh wait i saw this um he looks a lot more evil in this (laughs) 
Oh yeah, they, they, his, he, he's got like his eyes are even a different color. Like they've got like the almost like the demonic like red with cat eye type look for him. Like mm-hmm. the whole look is darker in that movie. It looks good. So I don't know. I'm pretty excited. All right, and with that, peace be with you and with your spirit. <laughs>